Gang. From beautiful Uptown Burbank, because the fire marshal shut us motherfucking down last Saturday, Harmontown is now in session from the confines of the recording studio at Starburns Industries. I'm Jeff Davis, your comptroller. Give it up for your game master. You don't, you don't give it up. There's no audience here. You, 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 well, you have to give nothing up. If you're up. listening, you could clap. You know what? Yeah. From wherever you're listening right now, all around the world... Just do yourself a favor, just for your own sense of peace of mind. Give it way up for the Game Master, Spencer Critton. Thank you, thank you. I'm going to give you time to keep clapping. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you don't have to, but we just don't want to tell them not to in case they're so inclined. I'm going to keep pausing until the people that are really clapping have clapped themselves out. All right. And I want to do it so long that people that think they should have stopped by now are going to feel bad when I keep pausing. <laughs> All right. Let's give it up for your mayor, Dan Harmon. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, yeah, we got shut down. Uh, we were apparently uh, performing quite illegally uh, uh, since the from the very moment that we left Meltdown. Um, I wouldn't have left Meltdown if I had known that. Uh, I wouldn't have had people, you know, audiences coming into an illegal place. Um, if you're listening and you've come to the live shows, no, you can't sue us. Don't be stupid. And the rumors that there was a sex for pay scandal <laughs> happening, that, those, these are all unfounded. Right. Um, as I, I, I should say, you know, no, we were doing every, we were illegal in terms of like, you know, the fire department, uh, you know, this is serious stuff. Like, I don't want to be in violation of fire code. Um, we need, we didn't have permits, uh, that we, we have applied for a long time ago. I think the misunderstanding was that we thought it would work like driving where you're, when you're 16, you can just have a thing in your glove box that says you're working on getting your license. <laughs> And then, a provisional. and then if a uh, fire marshal ever wandered in, um, uh, that that we could just flash a piece of paper signed by uh, our driver's ed teacher, and uh, we would be, therefore, <laughs> allowed to keep performing. Right. Um, we really had big dreams for that venue. Remember the guy who said, uh, oh, here you go with, the, with your podcast, the playbook. You, you got your own venue now. Your, your podcast is going to die. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, he's probably, because he's a dumbass, that guy's definitely high-fiving himself right now. I mean, I wouldn't say this vindicates him, but he would. He pro- His threshold for vindication is probably very low. He probably <laughs> congratulates himself for masturbating. That guy's probably dead. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to say I hope so, but uh, because we've got a lot of death in the news going on right now, and I I, I want every human out there alive uh, that, that that is is still alive. Now, but, the, the, the night, we were drinking nearby... You and I and our friends, like uh, Church and Cody and our friends Daniel and Rachel, were having a drink, and we got the message that the show was canceled like forty minutes before the show. Yeah, what happened was there was another, there was like a party going on in the same neighborhood. Now, originally, I what I heard was that there they were operating illegally, so the fire department showed up to shut them down, and then noticed the big crowd outside our castle. That's not true. I what then I, what I then heard is that it's it's a little it's a little less ironic than that. It's it's actually because they were operating legally, the fire department was there to help them or something. They they because said, you actually yeah. need fire people on hand if you're going to perform or something like that. If you're going to have a crowd in a space of a certain type, I think you need like 
a, a, an, an off-duty fireman or something like that. And that person was there in that capacity, saw our space, looked for his colleague that should have been also there, <laughs> didn't see him. <laughs> Where's Ponch? Um, uh, oh, that place must be non, must be flammable. Um, uh, and, and so then that's how we ended up getting shut down. And I'm really sorry to anybody that showed up that night, including da- our guest Dave Anthony. <laughs> Uh, and uh, people that had flown in from or driven in from long distances, we feel terrible about that. We did meet, get to meet a few people that had uh, flown in from New York or yeah. Pennsylvania or wherever. It's interesting. Like those people are always so nice. I mean, I would, of course, if they started to actually express discontent when something like this happened, I would immediately skip to hating them. But as it is, when they're, they're because they're so nice about it, I'm just kind of in awe of them. Because I, I mean, imagine the disappointment there. There's, there was like literally some people that that that, you know, they they they're always a little embarrassed to to actually say the words, I came here for this reason, you know, because who wants to say that? Especially if you are a nice person, you don't want to guilt somebody out or imply that you're, this is the, you know, the big thing that you wanted to come out for. I think there's a natural kind of shame there. And that's why I'm always really impressed by those people. They're always so nice. Maybe the ones that aren't nice and are really outraged, they skulk into the shadows and curse my name. But, um, uh, but yeah, there's a couple of those people came by the, the guild hall, the bar that we've, we've discovered that's like an esports nerd themed bar. Um, that's a couple miles from the stage. If you're in Burbank, go there. But, uh, the, these people came and they got to take pictures and, and rap with us and buy us shots. And it, they, they acted like that made it worth it. And I really appreciate yeah, that I hope they so. feel that way. I hope so. But, um, but now can I, can I tell you, like, I was going to go to a show, but I couldn't because Harmontown, I wouldn't have gotten there in time. Our friend, uh, the, the singer Peaches, the Teachers of Peaches, uh, she's fantastic. I've never seen her actually do a full live show. She's playing at the Roxy, so Church and I went, and we got there right on time, and the show was absolutely fantastic. After the show, we're up in the green room at the Roxy, and we're having champagne and you know, our friends are there. Peaches is, you know, in her makeup and sweaty and, you know, she, she just did a ridiculously high energy, badass show. Ron Jeremy was also in the room. Now he is usually at the Rainbow Bar and Grill. Every time I've been there, he's been there. Like he kind of lives there. And he was inordinately, like, un- unreasonably moist. Like he was very wet. Like he was just has, he just had a sheen, like kind of a, like the high pro glow. Like he was very, Oily. Do you know that this is uncharacteristic of Ron Jeremy? I don't. I mean, I he. It's an air conditioned building, and he wasn't dancing. But you've seen him naked, so you know that air conditioning or not, he has a built-in. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but, furnace. But, but, but he, he looked like he had just been fucking. <laughs> he, he looked porn sweaty, but he was just in a t-shirt hanging out in a green room full of people that weren't sweaty unless they had just gotten off the stage. Okay. And I'd seen him there briefly. He walked right past me as he was leaving this very small green room. The green room is really like, it's half the size of this booth. And he had a banana peel, a spent banana peel over his shoulder like an epaulette. <laughs> and his hair, his long Ron Jeremy wet hair is in, like, kind of in, in, intertwined on this banana peel. Uh, okay. And I was sitting on the edge of the couch with a bottle of champagne <laughs> and cups because I was kind of being like the, De facto, like bartender, uh, and I, he walked by me, like he, so his back is to me, he's like arm's length from me, walking towards the door, and I said, "Sir, you have a banana peel on your shoulder," <laughs> and he wheeled around, turned to me, and goes, "Yeah, thanks," 
And then fucking boned out. Like, he was bummed out about it. I was like, wait, okay. All right. <laughs> and now the theories begin. So. Did, I mean, he was did like. He for, did he previously, 20 minutes before then, did he have 30 banana peels on him? Did, did someone dump a barrel of banana peels on him? I mean, and he it, thought he cleaned them all off and was leaving? My first my first theory, and also, like, people say Pixar didn't happen. This happened so quickly. Pi- Pixar didn't happen? No. I, I Pixar. To- uh, this proof that there's no. I, I, several Oscars, including one stolen from my studio, big to differ. All right, go ahead. <laughs> no, Pixar, it didn't happen. Why didn't. Why didn't not I take a picture of this because it happened in, right. in the blink of an eye. Right, of course you're not. My first theory was that he was doing a bit that you're you're supposed to be a woman to ask him about that, and then he makes a dick reference or something. That's my first theory. Oh, because that's, he, that's so gr- grotyly posi- plausible. But the, yeah. the only only reason I go to that grotyly plausible <laughs> thing, grotyly, grotyly plausible, grotyly plausible. Where have you been? You're my favorite woman since 1910. You got hips of liberation in a. I don't know. Brotally plausible. <laughs> what is that song? What is it? Is it? What am I thinking of? Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Belvedere. It's, thing? A, it's like a. Isn't it like Schoolhouse Rock thing or something? Like uh, I don't know. So the the, the fact that he, he was so quickly irritated by my mentioning it means it's not, it, it wasn't a bit. If the bit is, hey, I'm I'm Ron Jeremy, I have a banana peel on my right shoulder. And someone points and goes, yeah, oh, oh, he gets scared. There's a way to make that a bit. Now, Church has a photo of Peaches opening, a, she had a banana after the show. Here's benefit of the doubt, which still doesn't explain his weird rancor and irritability, was that he saw Peaches eating the banana, took the banana peel, Maybe had her sign it. I don't know. And then put it on his shoulder, though? Because he's a clean freak and doesn't want to shake people's hands with a banana peel in there? Or she put it on his shoulder? I don't know who this Peaches is, but it's like... Church is shaking her head. Peaches had the banana after... The Ron Jeremy thing. Oh, oh, oh so, the, so the Peaches banana was after the Ron Jeremy the banana. Names. Okay, the good. So I don't have to extend any more benefits of any doubts. Ron Jeremy was doing some sort of surreal... Like artistic display, <laughs> because it's not weird enough that he's Ron Jeremy and looks like he's. I think there's also like you, we're making the assumption that the rancor has to do with the banana peel. But if we, if you think about what it must be like to be Ron Jeremy, there's probably a super high percentage that at any given moment at a gathering that has any kind of like hip um, quotient to it, or well, well let's just say any gathering because like. That, that because he's a porn star and because we're awful rude to our, um, our porn stars, we are, we're like, we treat them like garbage, we treat pornography like garbage, we use it all and blah, 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 I won't get on that soapbox, but, uh, you know, the people in Los Angeles that have, that have performed in porn that are recognizable as such, I'm sure that just as like, I don't know, women of color or like, got really tall dudes or anything, anything, any person that has anything really specific about them is probably, they're probably at a higher risk of just having had some kind of encounter that really just pissed, pissed them off. 
You yeah. Know? And, and that, like somebody, somebody for the 800th time this week, like asked him some question that, or, or said, phrased something in a way, or like he's become convinced that like there's certain kinds of people that refuse to shake his hand because they're afraid they'll get HPV or something. And he, he, he's connecting dots in his head. Maybe he was like on his way out. And it's like, I got my banana peel. <laughs> Boy. I, I, and, then, and then Michael J. Fox said that fucking shitty thing that somebody always says. And I fuck, I'm leaving. Yeah. But like if, if you're going to be walking that, that razor's edge of crankiness because somebody recently had said something that was kind of diminishing or rude. Then don't be a famous porn star. Too late. No, no. Be a famous porn star. Be in a bad mood. Don't have a banana peel on your shoulder. <laughs> and don't let that be the thing that switches you off. No, but I'm saying my pr- my pitch is that it's not what switched him off. Right. You caught him. You caught a famous person in a bad mood, and hey, you, the you, banana peel. you may as well have said you're wearing two shoes. Yes. Okay. I, okay. I see that. But he was having a good time. I don't look. It's the, I say, that, that it's, might... it, it's not the first time I've been in the same room with Ron Jeremy. I've walked by him because he's always in that same. He's always at the Rainbow Grill, Bar and Grill. I've, I've never hung out with him. I've never been in close confines with him. So it is my first real Ron Jeremy encounter. And I wasn't going to go up to him and say, hey, Ron Jeremy, can I get a photo with you? Because that's not always yeah. my style, unless it's Keith David from the other night, which I was very happy about. Um, yeah, no, but Occam's Razor, I, if I had to bet my life, I would I would go with your the grotally plausible thing, which is that he he does this thing where he puts a banana peel on his shoulder and if a, if a hot woman... Asks him, Where, so, where's the banana? Like he, he said, you have a, a banana peel on your shoulder. He's like, That's right, because if you want to see the banana, you got to come to the bathroom. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. That, that was my first instinct. Yeah. But, but I, then I go, like, Why is he coming up with, well, like, why is he coming up with that shit? Isn't he a human banana on society's shoulder? <laughs> like, 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 like a banana peel. And, and it, <laughs> and, 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 and like, but, so wouldn't that time, isn't, isn't, aren't you Ron Jeremy enough? Yeah. And then I, I mean, think, because, well, maybe not. Because he, whatever the, the lead up to that is, whatever it is, maybe, maybe someone, our listeners are going to go and Google this and find out that this is a long running thing, that there is a mm. hilarious bit that, like he's doing a deep track Ron Jeremy joke that only certain people in that room would have got. But he had garbage on his shoulder and, didn't have a sense of humor about it, which confused. I mean, I that that that's going to confuse me for a long time. Yeah, and I feel like I have to do the little asterisk here, my little Stanley uh, 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 box in the corner where I come up in the bottom and say, <laughs> "By the way, webheads, uh, I don't, I don't. If you're if you're a friend with a with a with a with a a, a porn star, or you are a porn star, and you listen to this, please don't feel like uh, I don't think we're just talking about Ron Jeremy and this thing. Like, I, I, I when I hear people talk about porn stars on podcasts, like I, I feel like like you know, it's like I don't, I'm not, I, I'm not judging. Ron Jeremy. I'm not no, saying this, this isn't about judging him. This is judging a, a weird. It, it's him being a porn star doesn't doesn't weigh into this at all. It could have been any anybody that is worth mentioning because people know his name right. or her name. Uh, the, <clears throat> if I saw Pam Anderson or you know Bruno Mars walking around with a fucking banana peel on the shoulder, and that same thing happened, that's interesting to me. Spencer, how are you? <laughs> Great. Hey guys, you guys hear about these Chinese murder vans? <laughs> I, I've I've only heard them mentioned, but what, what, what do you got for us? 
Well, they're like these vans in China, and they come and they get people, and then they just kill them in the vans. Are these people that they have contracts out on, or are they just randomly killing strangers? I think they're randomly killing people who the state says they can kill. You can hear the scratch of Jeff's ballpoint pen. He's taking notes. He does that oh, during yeah. the live show, too. I always wonder... He, he, he takes notes during the show, which is really impressive to me. I also, now, now that we're doing this quote unquote single camera style, I think, I think one of the neat things I was thinking is like, you could, you could pretend like, like you're really smart. Like you could just be like, Hey, you know, uh, hey, we should talk about, um, Charles. You can hear Dan Manson. typing into his iPad. Wait, I, I, oh, uh, I'm not. I, I'm not done with Chinese murder vans. So. You know, he's an American convicted mass murderer and former cult leader who led what became known as the man. <laughs> you know, you could just be like, you could sound a lot smarter than you are you when, yeah. when you're not doing a live performance. You could do research. Yeah, people, so, so, people often have laptops set up for just such occasions. Yeah. So, so these Chinese murder vans are state-run murder vans, or yeah, these are freelancers? Yeah. No, they. I think they're freelancers that are employed by. The government. <laughs> Yeah, like 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 a house painter. Yeah, right. No, I think they're government run. They're they're like police. Like you might have a, a like a paddy wagon, but instead of they put you in the van, then they kill you, and they kill you like bride bride's handmaid's tale, and uh, I don't know bridesmaid's tale. That's, that's bridesmaid's that's, tale. <laughs> hand, handmaid revisited. <laughs> Always a bridesmaid's tale. Uh, so they just they're, they're this is a real thing. They're just driving around picking up people. Yeah. Wait, wait, here's my, here's my thing. 27 dresses is a bridesmaid's tale. You, <laughs> you see, you see a, a murder van coming, don't get in that van. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they pull you in there. I like the theory that a, a murder, a Chinese murder van is just a racist phrase for an ambulance. It's a bad murder van, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was that joke book you had? Did we ever talk about that? Yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 the racist joke book. Yeah, that all of the Chinese things are, are backwards and all yeah. of the Mexican things are like just, diminished. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've talked about that a lot. You know, you know, look, we also have Steve Levy sitting in the booth with us. Let's, let's not pretend that Steve Levy is not here. I don't know, but what, but aren't we trying to recreate the stage feel? But like, so, <laughs> it's like what you know. I, I don't mind acknowledging Steve Levy, but okay, okay how about this? Let, let, I want the audience to know Steve Levy sitting here, but we're going to still bring him out forty yeah, minutes yeah. from now. Yeah, because we're going to try to play D and D later, which I think I could, which I can only assume is going to go a lot better. Dot 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 question mark because. I guess better meaning that we're going to find out that Jeff and I are bad at playing because it will be more like the authentic stuff like nerd poker yeah. on Earwolf where we're really just playing D&D and uh, there's, no, there's no way for us to fall back on. Well, also, you only brought the one vodka in. You, we don't have the bottle of vodka on the, in, in the room. However, another advantage of this format is I can, I can press pause, walk out, <laughs> get a drink, and I can teleport to a state of drunkenness so extreme that... Yeah, you can shut the tape. <laughs> Um, this podcast was designed to make you want to reach in and grab it. Yeah, I mean, I you know what's funny is I was just get, I was getting so uh, I don't want to say the phrase sick of doing the live podcast because I don't want anybody that's been a fan to feel like like, like there's a betrayal there or anything like that. Like we've been doing the podcast for a really long time. It's been a live show. I just I'm just saying like I'm saying this as a positive thing. Like, I was getting to a place where I was really starting to ask myself, and this has been a slow build since November. All of you listening are probably, you've had your own little transitional stories, like where you're dealing with fucking shit, which is, and, and, and it's a, it's a, like, like, it, it, part of my thing was, what is dinging? It's your, your iPad. Uh, and your associated smart devices. Let's get him on FaceTime. <laughs> 
Dan's face chanting Charles Manson. Right? Um, <laughs> I, it, it, my thing, I, I kept, I was starting to ask myself, like, why am I doing this show? Because I'm not, like, I, 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 I've grown sour on, like, uh, oh, this thing where I stand in front of a microphone and I kind of kvetch about how I don't want people to tell me to tie my shoes and I wish I was on the moon where no one could bother me and the streets shouldn't be curvy, they should be straight and all this stuff that was like, it was, it was working really well and it, it was like, it was working really well under a, a liberal, uh, bureaucratic, technocratic, like, regime where everything was kind of great and I didn't have to acknowledge that it was great because I could be a rebel because everything was running in an Orwellianly smooth way. And, uh, and yet a very backward, bureaucratically, like, absurd way. So I could just decry life's absurdities and society's, uh, little, uh, uh intricate, uh, uh, wrongdoings and things and, and, and be a hero to myself and pat myself on the back. And then the election happens and all the women are crying and I'm, like, buying a gun and, and, like, I'm, like, and, and we're all worried that there, there's, like, Nazis in the streets and it's like politics are now, like, real life. They're as real to us as, as our black friends are telling us they've always been. <laughs> Like, or in our female friends are telling us, and, and, and that intersects with all this talk that we were having, blah, 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 blah. All of that leads to me at 44, almost a year past November. I, I'm like, why am I, what, why am I doing this show where I get up every week and I'm like babbling into a microphone? Like, I'm angry now and I'm fragile and I'm, I'm scared and all this stuff. And I, but I was also going, I've been doing this show for years. I would be a really stupid, unhealthy person if I, if I, uh, changed radically anything about something that had been building for five years and growing, uh, with, uh, uh, you know, in the span of, 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 anything less than six months, you know, like uh, uh, being uh, asking these questions over a period of weeks and weeks and weeks is just not enough. So I just, that's why I was kind of like, I've been building in my anxiety and, and, and like, and, and showing up to these shows and you've heard me being like, maybe you haven't picked up on it. Maybe you have, but, but like that I'm like, uh, you know, I just uh, like, sometimes I'm yelling at the audience. Sometimes I'm not, it was all manifestation of that thing. And isn't it interesting how this shit then just happens? Like, like now I feel now there's no audience here. So I can just talk about God, uh, and, and throw your shoe at your laptop all you want. You, 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 you beautiful atheist who we need to further our society. But I, I, there's a, it's like, it just feels like the universe just kind of makes this shit happen. Like, I was, I had a kind of sense of relief when I got texted that the fire marshal shut the show down because I was like, oh, that's going to take a long time to rectify. We might have to do our show the way my favorite murder does it, the way Duncan Trussell does it. This could be a really fun thing. Like, 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 this could be a shot of vitamin B in the, in the, in the show's arm. We can, to do different stuff with this now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, you guys seem kind of stoked about it. Spencer's, uh, look at that, look at that big smiling face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the truth is that when you're in front of an audience, if I look this blank, everyone would be like angry and confused and like, what's up his ass? But that's kind of my neutral face. So now, mm-hmm. you know, I'm free to just let it go and not like smile and nod occasionally to pretend that I'm like, you know, still with it and, and keeping up. Doing the live show, being a a live podcast has its ups and downs. Like when the show is good, it awesome, it it often is because of the fact that there was a, the crowd interaction made it good. 
Um, but sometimes it suffers because of that. Like it's, it's not a guarantee that it makes it better or worse. Yeah, I also kind of wonder because I had this dream of like moving from meltdown into the um, the 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 castle, and that we would then be able to do this like feedback loop that I was obsessed about, where we could have people tweeting, and then I could answer the tweets, and you could show shit, blah blah blah. I, 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 like, I thought it would, I thought it would happen more automatically than, than it did. It turns out if I really want that to happen, I have to start producing like a visual show. And the more visual it gets, the more alienating it's, it would have gotten to our listeners, et cetera. So it, there was a lot of incentive or non-incentive to not move in that direction once we got to the new venue. So it, it, it starts to occur to me as we're sitting here, I'm like, well, yeah, pump out your audio podcast. Um, and we'll, and we can Howard Stern it, Joe Rogan it. By bringing the live stream cameras in here, isn't that more valuable to people? And can't you do all the shit that I'm talking about where you go, hey, if you're watching, you know, remember when Howard Stern did his E show? It's mm-hmm. like, you just have cameras. We could even make them permanently, like, mounted up in here yeah. and use them when we want to well, use well, them. Well, like Greg Proops on, on Smartest Man in the World podcast, uh, he does a lot of live shows and then he does, uh, just, like, audio from his, like, house or wherever he is, like, if he's in a hotel room. From the, uh, the, 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 for, the fortress of perpetuity, or he calls it the porpoise of fortitude. Uh, and I like the, the change. I like sometimes right. hearing the, the crowd, but sometimes the, the live shows have bad audio and they're kind of crap because of, like the technical difficulties. And sometimes I just like hearing Greg just monologue into right. a microphone. Yeah. I in mean, a controlled I, environment. I think as we got more comfortable in here. Anyways, whatever. So don't start freaking out. Oh, I hope they don't, don't do this. I hope they don't. We're, we're obviously, we're going to do what feels right, but I'm just, I'm just, I'm just sharing my current, um, I'm, I think this is, I think it's cool. This is the right time for a change to come along for me, whether it's temporary, permanent, or, or it, or it causes some kind of weird, uh, fission where we have the podcast, but then, you know, when we do have live shows, Los Angeles or not, then we dive into the privilege of, okay, it's going to be a live show. We're going to have slides and, uh, yeah. uh, cartoons and fucking tap dances and, so and make, make dog a, tricks. Make the live shows more event based and say, there's a reason we're doing it and live. And charge 20 bucks a ticket and give it to Planned Parenthood. And or, you, you do, you, you have one show where all you, you invite only fire marshals. Isn't <laughs> uh, that, that, is uh, Steve? Uh, isn't that called a minion? If there's if there's at least nine fire marshals, uh, we can we can create we could rewrite fire fire code. Yeah. Oh shit, Steve Levy. <laughs> hey everybody. Thanks for having me. Applause break. Can you, can you guys talk to Steve Levy while I go get a drink? That's some good uh, applause. <laughs> or do I pull the ultimate dick move and make Steve go get me a drink? No, you go get your own drink. Yeah, it's, it's your studio. Dan has to walk thirty feet to go to the from from his recording studio to his lounge, because if you don't know, the Starburns Industries has its own bar where all the meetings take place, and it's uh, it's quite nice. It is. Dan, make me a little something, would you? What do you want? Yeah, surprise me. Okay, I'll, I'll have what you're having. All right. Well, I'll, maybe I'll surprise you. <laughs> Leave me with new. Uh, oh, you know. You've had a long 48 hours. Uh, yes. 72 hours? Yeah, I don't even know anymore. I'm so tired. Crisis averted, though, for now. Because when we got shut down on Saturday night yeah. at right before 8 o'clock, yeah. there was an audience already seated, right? Oh, yeah. And were you there? I was. You were there. Yeah. And 
people were already getting drinks from the bar. They were, yeah. And then the fire marshal shut the thing down. Mm-hmm. And then you had to, you and who, Brian from Nolan, who really champ was a champion, and uh, Chris Boroff. Yeah, and so you guys had, at midnight had to find a new venue. Oh, well, go scouting yeah. for that. Yeah, that, but, uh, it was. Uh, yeah, after we got shut down, we tr- figured try to figure out what we can do. We had a lot of conversations. Nolan and Chris had to deal with the castle stuff. I contacted our whole team for Rick and Morty. To see Cause, what yeah, we can because do. the next yeah. night on Sunday night is Rick, Ricking Morty. If you don't know what that is, that's a big, like, live Adult Swim streamed event with paid people, like, guests and stuff. Yeah, where you talk about the Rick and Morty. Yeah, we watched episodes. the episode live. So that, that, and that's a big deal. And that was, must have been an, an expensive, uh, <laughs> and time consuming move. Yeah, I mean, what do you do when you lose your venue less than 24 hours from showtime? And you have an entire set you have to move. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, we, uh. Thank him bearing gifts. I, you know, first person I called was Jen Roskin, who is an amazing producer here at Starburns. Uh, and she, she, uh, started helping me out, try to find a place. I finally got in touch with Brian Baldinger, who books, he's a talent producer on the show, and he, uh. Brian's the guy with the beard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, he found someone with a space, uh, and he and I scouted it at like two in the morning. And we just had to pull the trigger because we couldn't find anything else. Uh, it was going to be really expensive, but we needed to. So the last time I saw you that worn out and tired was like during Harmon Quest, I think, when you, you were being sleepy leavey on a couch. <laughs> yeah, there, there are times where it just gets really exhausting and I just start like barely. He's living. a sleepy leavey. <laughs> He'll take a couch on some. They take a couch. He'll take a nap on your. Yeah. He'll take a nap on a someone's sofa. He's not a loafer. He's just a little sleepy from his job. <laughs> I mean, he's the kind of guy that works hard. Breaks him like a glass shard. He's the kind of Levy who's a sleepy old Levy. He's. Now don't try to tell him to work less. Just he's worthless without his job. He's got no family. Now for any for any listeners that thought that Dan's freestyle abilities would suffer from not having the energy of a live audience, <laughs> I think we found out that right. And Phil Collins, your check is on the way. Um. So yeah, how's uh have you recovered emotionally from the? Uh, the the, the, gr- the girl situation? Yeah, I mean, uh, still going on. I'm just no, yeah, it's, uh, no, I'm. Rec- I don't know. I'm. I had a lot of work fires that that really uh, yeah. t- took a lot out of me. And uh, the, the last couple of days were horrible because of the Vegas thing and Tom yeah. Tom Petty. Yeah, it's been uh, a real hard. Things are getting dark, and to the point where the news story is how dark things have gotten. Like like, and and and, and not in a cool way. Like I feel like now. Like, it, because we can't communicate effectively or honestly with ourselves as a nation about, about how worthless human life has become, 
we are now like the mainstream media, not to sound like a fucking jagoff, uh, <laughs> living in the woods, but the mainstream media. For you lack mean of the lamestream PD poop? <laughs> um, I noticed maybe this is a refraction or a factor, a distortion in some way, but I, now, this is what I'm feeling as I'm looking at the news when I, if I just type Las Vegas after I hear about this shooting, I see what I see is a nation that immediately is just talking about talking about it, which is really disturbing to me that that it it, it it's like it, it, we immediately leapt to um, how many famous women uh, are responding inappropriately, which is like a, has become the new theme. Like, like we're like we're almost verging on some kind of Lysistratian um a gender gap where we don't we, we like we wait for the, the, if you're a woman and you have a voice like now we've just gotten so like when the rubber hits the road we just want you to shut the fuck up like 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 58 people died and this maybe it's a coincidence maybe these are all just coincidentally female people but if you're a female politician you're a female comedian female comedy writer it seems like you couldn't say anything right about any of this, um, which is really disturbing to me because it seems like the alternative to, to responding inappropriately to, a, to a, 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 a breaking a world record for massacres after we have already decided that 20 kindergartners who have hearts the size of a bullet um, it wasn't enough. It, you know, do you really how, how long do you expect people to uh, maintain their the, 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 the gears and valves that it takes to bow your head and take a moment of silence when human life is wasted? Um, uh, how, do, do, like, like, and and then and then the unconscious answer to that, which really terrifies me, is oh, they don't expect anything. They want this to be like Carousel and Logan's Run. Like, they want it to be a ritual where we keep sacrificing human life, and then we keep on. Uh, and then it's like, who's going to fart first? Who's going to break the silence? Let's all bow our heads and hum the national anthem quietly while we talk about how, how, how our thoughts and prayers are happening. And then the moment a Saturday Night Live writer off-duty on Twitter or a female senator or uh, it, 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 you know a, a, a professional tweeter or blogger says something that is effective because maybe it's satirical, maybe it's biting, maybe it's a little inconvenient to hear, uh, however long after the final bullet, uh, expends another American life that that happens, um, then we, then, then we get to tie that person to a stake and, uh, shame them, like, and, and, and pour gasoline all over their feet and play with matches. And, like, I, it just, like, it's not, I'm not trying to white knight, like, like, I just, I do happen to notice that it's, it, it always seems to be women. I just, that's a, call that a side order of intersectionality or whatever. But, uh, like, I'm overall so fucking deeply troubled by the numbness that I felt when I heard about this. And then the, and then the data that hit my eyeballs when I Googled it. Um, and how the theme seemed to be that we were being chastised by our own technocracy for um, responding inappropriately, mm-hmm. whether it was not responding at all or, or responding with uh, biting wit, responding with political pleas to please stop this. I can't believe we're still having this conversation. I can't believe people have the balls to say, I don't, three minutes after the last shell casing hits the floor, 
is not too soon to talk about fucking gun control, you fucking heartless piece of shit. Like, I don't care if the families of the victims want to wait a hundred years to talk about anything. They're the families of the victims. Um, that's not, that's not who we are. We're a nation who has its heart broken. How about this is way too many years after Sandy Hook to talk about fucking gun control? I'm a gun owner. I still want to talk about it. Do you want my gun back? Like, 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 let's talk about it. Like, like, do, like, like, gun sales go up when these massacres happen. That is such a mind fuck. Even if you're not politically motivated, forget about red sides yeah. and blue sides. That's a, that's such a philosophical mind fuck. G- gun stocks like uh, boomed uh, it, it, yesterday. It, 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 gun sales, like, imagine, like, so nine eleven didn't cause skyscraper sales to go up. Um, it, 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 it's this is like a, a unique disease we have, and, and, and it's really frightening how logical it is that everyone keeps uh, erupting into these mass shootings and then every time a mass shooting happens everyone runs out and buys guns because they're afraid that guns will become illegal because someone used them bad again the, the day before the uh what, what what was the vegas thing on saturday Sunday, Sunday. Sunday. And so on Saturday, uh, whatever the day, the day before the event was, I've been to that festival because Chip Esten, my friend, has played that festival before. And I was backstage and hung out, and it was really fun. Met a bunch of people. Met Jason Aldean and this guy named Jay Jackson, who's a guitar player in that band. He had texted me the day before saying, hey, we're doing that festival, Route 91 Harvest Festival. Do you want to come out and uh, I'll, I'll get you tickets? I said, I can't. I have a thing to go to. And... uh the next day that happened, and it was his band that was on stage when the bullets were flying. Yeah. And I texted him and said, how are you doing? And he goes, we're, he said, we were on stage when the bullets were peppering the stage. And we all had to dive off the back or to the side to hide and then run during the pauses that this guy was taking while either reloading or whatever he's doing. And they all made it out all right. But like, and then church, your sister, what? Like, the, has a best friend, you know, who got... Um, yeah. My my sister's friend uh, was at the show with her friends, and they all ran, and I guess they flagged down a car, and this person was nice enough to just drive them all, all the way home. And when she got home, it was only then that she realized that she was covered in someone else's blood. So you have to think of how close she must have been to actually getting hit because she was near enough to someone who was to mm-hmm. have that blood splatter on her. And <laughs> everyone's just so disturbed by that. It's a nauseating thought. I thought, well, because I wonder how many of those fatalities are um, uh, trampling. Yeah, I think a lot. I mean, if you've ever seen that, well, whatever. I, I, like, like I, I saw a photo, I saw like a slide photo thing on Reuters of, like, of the images of it, and... There were people hiding, and it's the exact same tent area that I would have been in, like the, where the where I n- know I would have been if I were at that show. No, 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 this is not me making it about me, but like I, just because I can physically picture the layout there, um, there's no way out because you're fenced in there, and there's only a couple exits because they want to control the comings and goings there. So there really was nowhere for people to go. As far as I can imagine, because I, I, I remember trying to go out and get somebody in. I was like, there's only a couple little, like, small egresses there. Yeah, well, that's a, that's a theme with terrorism is like, 
you know, they're taking advantage of 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 of, of slaughterhouse like environments created by capitalism. But Dan, it wasn't terrorist because he was a white guy. He's a lone wolf. Yeah. He's not. He can't be a terrorist. Um, and that by the, that by the fucking way, makes me crazy. Just want to pause in our in our dialogue to address the 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 folks out there that are going. Oh, I thought this would be the podcast that didn't talk about this. Um, hey, uh, how about this topic? Suck my dick, you <laughs> fucking jag off. Like fuck you and just, I can't say kill yourself because it's too much fucking death. But like fuck off into the night and suck suck your own balls and fucking until they fall off and roll down a hill and fucking end up in a steamer trunk and just leave me alone. Get out of my life with your fucking judgment. Get out of my head. You're not entitled to anything. You do nothing. You're you're a fucking jerk. You're a piece of shit. You're a fucking garbage person. You, 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 how, why are you listening to my podcast and then, and then picking and choosing what you like and don't like about it? Fuck you. I already have my older brother's voice in my head. I have the voice of every fucking bully on the playground. I fucking, I, 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 I come out here to Los Angeles. I, 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 I do the hard work of becoming a fat blowhard, uh, that owns a microphone. And, uh, and you know how hard it is for me to, uh, uh, spout nonsense, uh, into a microphone without having to think about your judgment. I, 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 I'm a, I'm a, I'm a troubled man. <laughs> That was the weirdest sports corner we've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought, don't you feel compelled to have like a little, like, like, like add like, uh, like a set? Cause it's like, are you worried that like, as with the D and D segment that, that, that we'll play that it's like the absence of the audience, it feels simultaneously refreshing and also like, Oh shit. Are we a creature that was breathing audience water? And like, then when you put us in this terrarium out of our aquarium, like now we look like a floppy weird, it's like everyone's going to notice that we are boring. The only thing that's disturbing me is that Spencer is exactly the same. He hasn't changed it. Spencer just sits there. That would be amazing <laughs> if I just like leaned back and I was made out of cardboard. <laughs> Spencer has been almost motionless. Uh, but you like it more now, you said, which is kind of surprising. I kind of thought it would be the other way around where, you, where Spencer's sitting there thinking, realizing he's going, oh, man, my deadpan thing, like it it really works in front of an audience. And now I now I'm just a guy that's not saying anything. But you like not saying anything, and what you don't like is the feeling, uh, feeling pressured to say things, and you feel more pressured in front of an audience, right? That's one of the competing theories at the moment. <laughs> uh, Steve just walked out. Yeah, well, what does that mean? Our entire audience just yeah. left. Yeah. yeah. He had to take a giant shit. Uh, uh, when he gets back, let, let, let's, let's play a lot of D&D. Like, let's really get a good hunk of D&D going. Sure. sure. Like, I mean, that, whatever, man. I'm still mad at that guy that didn't want us to talk about the shooting. Wait, what, what guy? What, the guy that how was How are people at. still contacting you? No, I mean, he's in my head. The guy in your head. Yeah. Oh. Well, if the guy in your head is telling you that, that's you telling yourself that. No, it's the part of me, it's the part of me that's an unemployed flannel wearing golden retriever owner uh, in the middle of America that, that, uh, is, calls himself a graphic designer, but really is just a, uh, uh, freelance, uh, douchebag, uh, and, and who sits and listens to the podcast while he, uh, masturbates, which is a weird move, but, uh, and, and, and kind of poodle, toodles around on, uh, um, like mind map software. You know what? It's me. It's me. I just described me. It's just too hot to wear flannel. You masturbate while listening to Harmontown? And I have a, and I have a golden doodle. I like, I, I mean, changed only does, what needs He doesn't to have to. Harmontown is masturbation. <laughs> that's part of what's so weird about it. It is me. I don't know. I'm picturing a really specific dude that's like, he's got one tattoo. 
Okay. <laughs> And it's like, cause he's, it like cause he's like just a little more back, uh, like around the back of the shoulder, you know, forearm, top of the forearm, and it's like a tribally thing, and uh, and and he and he's and he and he really roughhouses with his dog, like like he he, doesn't, he like, punches he, his dog. Well, he just like wrestles with it, like yeah. the dog thinks he's a dog, and 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 he like throws it like raw meat and shit, and like like tries to take it from him, and they both eat the raw meat in their backyard, and he. He owns a snowmobile, and uh, he like I don't know. He just and, and then and then if you're talking, is, to he, him, is he in a snowy region or is, 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 is it? Yeah, he's just eccentric. <laughs> what? He, he lives in a place. He, he likes to take it up to Big Bear if he lives somewhere warm because he maybe came somewhere warm because he decided in the tundra that he lives in that he's a graphic designer. So he came to L.A. Maybe, but uh-huh. he brought his snowmobile because he likes to go up to Big Bear. But he he like he's it's just like he loves beer. He loves like 900 different kinds of beer, thinks that beer is like a thing that you should experience every different kind of flavor of. And then, and that's fine. That's all good. Uh, but when you, if you go to his public house that he likes to drink at, and then once he gets three beers in him, he starts, he starts saying some fucked up libertarian shit, um, that, that you're like, you kind of like bite your lip and go like, yeah. Because you don't want to argue with him. Right. But he's like just, he's just like throwing out like, like, like at the top of his brain, he's like, he, he's, he's like making these observations about like how all lives should matter instead of just the black lives. And you're just kind of like, I just want to fucking die. How did I end up drinking with you? Am I getting heart? I'm getting heartburn from this beer and you suck. You fucking suck. I just know we're never going to get along, you know, like, and I'm going to end up auditioning for you and I'm going to slowly slide into your ideology because I can recognize the logic behind it, but I don't feel it myself. I don't want to, I don't want to talk to you. You're too bro So stop listening to my podcast, man. Like, 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 or, or, Or listen to it if you're that guy. But like every, when you listen to me, just like. How, how, could, how could that guy listen to this podcast? I mean, like, how likely is that? Because, is he, because he's not totally stupid and he likes smart stuff or something. I don't know. And like, we're not like bleeding heart, whatever is like, but that's what he, that's why he's hated the podcast since November because then now I'm starting to sound like all the shit that he hates because I, now I'm like freaked out because I used to be a full blown anarchist and now I'm, now I'm like a Democrat, basically, because I, I for the time being, because I can't, because that's the lever I keep pulling, because I'm so scared of fascism, I just keep pulling the lever that says don't let fascists win. So, and that's like that's the fucking system, man. That's the game, and that which is what I used to say. So, if 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 I have four years of my podcast, I have dudes like that that like started to like build up. Like I don't. I shouldn't be surprised, but I'm just saying, like, let's have a reckoning here, guys. Like, if you're that dog wrestling dude and you feel that way, like, you don't have to leave or stay. But, like, can you do me the favor of, of, like, looking at, at, at your time with me as the inverse of when you go to the gym? In, in other words, like, this is your, uh, you should be more of a pussy time. Like, 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 where you just, like, exercise your pussy muscles. <laughs> Like, 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 where you acquiesce a little bit more because I'm going through a fucking crisis about this shit, and I'm, I, you've probably noticed I try to be honest about the fact that I don't know what I'm talking about, and that I'm, I'm lazy and, and uh, hypocritical and, 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 and whatever. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not ever gonna like decide what the truth is and start barking it at you. I'm just like always saying like, this is where I'm at at this moment, and could you take that ride with me without? 
without this fucking thing that, that drives me nuts, that, that, that's all in my head, I guess, of like, now I don't like this podcast. Like, like this idea that the podcast exists in some dichotomy of like, well, that was good, now it's bad. Like, I can't fucking handle thinking like that. Then you're just Sony, and then I want to fucking beat you with a bat. And I just want to let you know how much I hate you because for my own integrity's sake. For the same reason, ironically, that you wrestle your dog and don't like me. Because you don't want to be told what to do. Okay, great. So, like, minus your dumb tattoo that you got, like, like we're basically the same flabby fucking blowhard assholes. You could probably beat me up in a fight. You know how to use a knife. But you know what? If you cut me, scorpions come out. Is that true? Yeah, that's a little, that's not a metaphor. Have you ever seen the original Clash of the Titans? Like, if you fucking cut me, bro, scorpions are gonna come out of me. Giant ones. But, uh, my blood will make giant scorpions. How giant? Giant enough to fit inside you. No, they start small. Watch Clash of the Titans, the original. Oh, right, and they get bigger. With, uh, Harry Hamlin as, uh, Perseus. Um, if you, uh, my blood, if my blood hits the ground, little tiny scorpions form that, that then quickly grow, uh, through the miracle of green screen to, to the size of mammoths. If you cut me, um, little Burgess Merediths come out. That's, no, I'd like to talk about that. <laughs> Is that from Rocky? No, Burgess Meredith is in Clash of the Titans. Oh, but, yeah, but he, okay. That's yeah. weird. That... I mean, his character, whatever his character is from Clash of the Titans. Right. But they're like a bunch of little Burgess Merediths and togas come out of me. Right. But they don't get bigger. So I, the character I, that you represent, like I, I guess I'm characterizing myself as that guy, uh, Cerebus, Cer- 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 not Cerebus. Yes. Well, Cerberus. Cerberus. Or something like that. Like, is the close, he's the guy with the tail. Yeah. He got, he gets turned. Like, I, I, so I found a, an icon of that movie and you're, you're saying, well, whatever guy you are, we don't know who it is, but we know he didn't get cut in the movie. No, he's kind of like the Obi-Wan Kenobi mentoring guy. Oh, wait a minute. I'm sorry. Now there's a couple 45-year-old people throwing their shoes at the laptop because I just realized <laughs> that guy is the one who stabs. It's the, I'm the Medusa. The Medusa's blood is what makes the scorpions, I believe. Oh, yeah? So It's been a long time. So whoever I'll, you are, you might be the Kraken look, for all we know. Maybe when you cut the Kraken, Burgess Meredith's come out. Okay. We don't know because we didn't. Or little metal owls. Yeah. That's only, there's three things I remember about that movie. There was a Medusa, there was a three-headed thing, and then there was the metal owl, and yeah. then Burgess Meredith. And, and then from what I heard in the reboot, um, uh, uh, in the reboot of Clash of the Titans, they're going through a, 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 a trunk, and uh, one of the things that they pull out, uh, while well, they're throwing garbage around is a uh, little clockwork owl, and the guy looks at it and goes like, what's this garbage? Oh, what's this shit? For real? Fuck this garbage. And he, like, shits on it and, like, rubs the shit into the eyes and then pisses on it and to wash the shit out, but then, <sighs> like, f- throws it in a river. That's harsh. And you're supposed to be like, that's amazing, because you're a fan <laughs> of Clash of the Titans? And you hate the clockwork owl? I don't, I will never understand that. I know we've talked about that before, but like at the end of the Lone Ranger movie where it's like, he's like, hi ho, and Tonto goes, don't. Dumb. Um, here's some other don'ts. Don't fucking rewrite, don't take the job rewriting this movie if you hate, like, what the fuck is your problem? I was eating a pastrami sandwich in uh, New York when I was a kid um, at Stage Deli, and I'm having my pastrami sandwich, and I'm, you know, I'm 10 or 11 years old. Fucking Burgess Meredith walks by me down the street, and I'd like, I, I yelled out loud into a restaurant, Clash of the Titans! <laughs> he couldn't hear it. All people do is, it's a lovely girl was just yelling out a name of a movie, and no, no one saw that Burgess Meredith was going by. Then, like, the day before or the day after, 
we saw Richard Gere walking down the road, and I could hear my mom ovulate. Like, like she just she's completely. <laughs> she's like, ah, oh. Cody got her period during an Andy DeFranco uh, set at uh, um, uh, Lilith Fair. Is it Lilith Fair? Oh, wait, you, you, you mean her first period? Yeah, her first. Oh, yeah, her, she, she became a woman. She during... dropped her first egg. I don't know if that's accurate, but that, if that's how it is. she shed her first. She egg. She, <laughs> she got her period. Like yeah, she 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 transitioned from girlhood to womanhood during an Annie DeFranco song. There's a girl I knew. I went to high school with. Uh, she uh, her first orgasm was like at 12 or 13 years old at a Prince concert. She was with her. P- Mother or father or both. And she was standing there and she goes, I, I, I didn't know it was happening to me. I was watching this man perform. And she, she realized later on, she says, Oh no, like I came. Right. Like she had a full on prince induced <laughs> mind orgasm. I was like, yeah, like, like I, I almost have an orgasm when I watch Prince. Like he's fucking amazing. There is an article about Prince when he died that where, uh, it was like, I think it was like from the point of view of trans, uh, what do you what, what do you call them? You can still call them drag queens, right? That's not yeah. Uh, like I think it was like, but I can't remember that part. I can't remember, but I remember it was like uh, sort of performers who who worked within the 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 flux, the uh, the outer edges of the binary world, the heteronormative uh, uh, sphere, and uh, but they were talking about like how Prince was this song. Uh, that, you know, Prince was music that, like, like, no matter what the song was, it was always the song, like, like, Prince was specialized. The sonic waves that came from a Prince song were perfect at, at turning straight, uh, straight people, uh, by or gay. <laughs> like, like, it was like, like, if you were on the edge, if you were curious, like, the thing that would, that would get you every time was like, that Prince was making this music by intention or not unconsciously, that that was the energy that, that wasn't his sole purpose in the world, but that, that was like something that was, Kind of known to DJs and strippers and things. That sounds like Catholic propaganda. Well, I mean, yeah, but 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 this was from a place of like right. these were people who were like uh, thankful for these properties. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, they were like, we could we could really put this to some use. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Prince uh, could si- sing the straightaway. <laughs> um, I mean, he definitely. Yeah, I remember when my my brother was five years older than me, and like so in the eighties, like the androgynous revolution started to happen in pop. Boy George and Prince, and and even heavy metal. Like, if you could tell whether you were a boy or a girl, it was like a little bit to your discredit, you know. <laughs> like you, you really needed to be like the 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 more you were more masculine if you were like more like yeah. there was more makeup and hairspray and high heels and yeah Motley Crue kind of took or like Poison rather they they kind of took it to the extreme it's like okay like you're going out of your way to be fake drag queens but I gotta confess because my brother was five years older than me so I was a kid and I was so I was like ten years old when that was happening it was a little intimidating to me that was too much sexuality for me it was sexuality I didn't even know what sex I mean I knew what sex was sex was Pam Dauber from Mark, Mark and Mindy sex was uh, 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 Penny from Inspector Gadget. I was her age. Um, it, 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 sex was like, it was, you know, Linda Sheen Buckner in, but you, you uh, got, you, sixth you grade. were, you, you actually were, there was arousal because of Penny from Inspector Gadget? <laughs> no. All right, come on. Can we put a no, pin no. in that? I, 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 it's a yes or no question. Like, no, like, no, like, I was, yeah, dude, I was like, well, I was thinking, I was, I, when I, when I was like 11 years old, I, I, I hit this transition where I started thinking of everything sexually. Like, I, one of my most common fantasies was, I would like hump a pillow and think of myself as being Skeletor. And, I, and thinking about fucking, uh, either Tila or She-Ra. 
uh, from the He-Man averse. Like, like, it was like, I guess because he was a monster and like, maybe because I, I always had, I had like these blue pajamas that were really tight because I had like, I was sprouting, so, cause I was going through puberty, so I had like these blue pajama bottoms that were basically becoming tights because they were so small, like they were made for a little boy and I was becoming a man, so I was like hulking out through my blue pajamas, so I, and I, something about, like, I had talked about this where I was like, I, I didn't want to touch myself, but I was like getting so into like, so I was just humping everything. And so then I was like, I, but then I'm also part of that was like, I didn't want to do it with my dick out. So then I would like wear these pajamas and I'm like in blue tight pajama bottoms. And I think I just like got the visual cue that I was like Skeletor. Okay. Cause that was something that was on TV when I would come home from school. And then, I, so then I was like, you know, th- what I'm saying is like everything was sexual. Everything. Yeah. The charge of the light brigade, uh, uh, peanut. Uh, <laughs> when I first started masturbating, like maybe, like maybe I was twelve-ish, you know, like when I first started perfecting the arts or beginning the the lifelong love affair of masturbating, there was I would go into the the bedroom, the ba- the bathroom in our house that had a lock on the door because one didn't and one did, and there was a magazine that had an ad uh, with Nadia Comaneci, the, uh, the the gymnast, uh-huh. <laughs> and it was for like for like Hanes underwear. Or something like she was like like we're kind of wearing like boy short underwear, and that was the sexiest, sexiest thing in the world for me. Like I I, I had like I, I hid that magazine like a treasure, that one picture of Nadia Comaneci. Yeah, I mean that was a big thing in the eighties. Like people who grew up in our generation, everybody knows about like the Sears catalogs and stuff. Cause yeah, pornography. It's just hard to fathom for anybody that was when, born in the when, internet. When but, the, when the Victoria's like, Secret catalogs came along, it's like this is. Free sex. Yeah, I, like could, a, I was like, I can't believe that I'm on this mailing list. How did they? All, like, all you have to do is just ask. Like, why aren't they asking any questions? <laughs> you know, and the answer is they don't care. They the more the merrier. But it was like, yeah, I felt it's, it's like so funny that like there there must be a huge generation gap with that where people are like, what are you talking about? Pornography is something like it's like black mold. It like grows in your walls. Like, <laughs> why are you hoarding it in a folder? We used to like when we like Matt Gorley and I were young. Like we were like maybe early early high school. Like freshman year, there was a, we, someone found a penthouse, like, not the big full, like, Playboy size, magazine size penthouse, like a smaller one that had, like, stories in it, like penthouse letters or whatever. Right. I love the, the, the forum, yeah. Yeah, I, I started oh, penthouse really... forum. And we hit it under, like, a, like, in, 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 in like a knoll, like a, like a, a knot of a tree. <laughs> <laughs> and it was all covered in bugs yeah, yeah. And, and, and just <laughs> moisture. <laughs> We would like five guys. We would run, run home from school to go to the tree and and unearth this horrible relic right. and sit there and just go. Oh so man! I explaining to modern moms, like moms are thirty now and they're like kids to me. They're fourteen years younger than me and they're they're moms of kids who are starting to. They're catching their web history on the laptop, YouTube, like where you can type in anything you want, and and they're. I try to assure them, I, I, I'm like, it's a weird conversation because they'll express all this anxiety about my kid searching for this. Like, how are you supposed to raise a kid healthy in this environment where they can just type stuff? And I'm like, 
and I and I and I, I always respond by which I'm sure isn't reassuring them. Like I, by, by going like, "Hey, look, when I was a kid, my YouTube was a pile of mud outside a railroad <laughs> on a railroad track. You know, like we there was a pr- printing company that made Hustler that, and so like torn sheets of it would end up next to the crawdad pond where we'd hunt for crawdad. And like my generation learned about sex in in mud and dirt and ladybugs and crawfish and um. I, you, you ended up building a raft and going down a river with a noble black gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that that's bound to make you more misogynistic, more bent um, and closeted, and therefore have a propensity for, you know, just foot and mouth or, in the worst case, like actual, uh, you know, aggressive behavior. I think that's, that's, I, I, that's gotta be worse than Growing up in a computerized technocracy where you can type in vagina because you don't know how to spell it yet. And like, it says, do you mean vagina? Here's a hundred of them. Um, I mean, it's obviously what everyone's worried about. It's like, yeah, but you can type in horse fucking into YouTube and like, it's just like a kid can like, like, and it's like, so if they're exposed to all that stuff, how can they grow up healthy? And I, I, you know, I don't, I don't have the answers, but. Do you think of people that type in horse fucking because they want to watch two horses fucking and that's, <laughs> that's, that's their jam? I think it's, the answer is yes, I of think course. The, I think the fear is that the more sex is de- demystified, the more it becomes the the it's, there's an invitation to sociopathology there, <laughs> and it makes it, it makes a gut level sense to us that if your kid has access to an infinite database of sexuality, that um, if you grew up where with sex being precious and mysterious and marked by thresholds and rites of passage and your kid is raised in a mainframe of sexual imagery isn't your kid going to be have more of a a tendency to become Jeffrey Dahmer because they'll look at all these boobs and vaginas and bestiality and and gender bending and blah 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 and because they won't have any thresholds or rites of passage about it then they'll they'll be they'll um uh crave something more flavorful which can only be any like the darkest things possible i understand the logic of that the gut level emotional logic of that but if you really think about it and i'm not saying i have the answers and let's all society let's do this experiment where we don't give a shit what kids do on the internet but doesn't it also make sense that that's an inverted logical principle, Spencer? Don't you think that that's like a classic logical fallacy that 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 if the kids um, are, are have access to more sex information, that they will become kinkier? Because what we're really saying is, I had less access to sex information and am only so kinky. Therefore, my kid who has all sex information will be kinkier than me. That's a logic. Isn't there a label for that fallacy? I don't know. I mean, I think it's probably true. I think the Internet is only reverse stigma in terms of sexual acts. I don't think it's really added any stigma to any sexual acts that hasn't been there before, you know? So in a way... The only thing that can happen is barriers being broken down and thus people getting kinkier and kinkier, yeah. right? But that's, you know, defined but as like, evolution. Yeah, but, but, like, <clears throat> all, all the kinks must have been invented by now. And there's people that have been doing weird shit for, you know, pre-internet. But one should, one should acknowledge the Demorge perspective, which was that, cause I was talking about how, don't you think porn, like, <laughs> it, it is like, <laughs> it, as much as we disrespect it, it's like, 
it's the it's the tip of the spear in a, in a in a cultural sense because when you reduce all humanity to animalistic energy, which does include this big black stud's gonna fuck these two white girls like they've never been fucked. Y- yes, you're you're animalizing the black dude, but these women are not uh, being. Uh, Respected either elevated, yeah, and 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 that everybody in a porno movie is an animal, and which is a state that you go into when you're jerking off, and like that. I don't know. That's what I was trying to explain in those episodes, which I (laughs) keep thinking that's what chased Demorge away. (laughs) But I do want to. I just want to say Demorge's point was actually whenever there's delineation. that it doesn't matter how progressive it looks to you. I don't mean to put words in Demorge's mouth, but that he, I think what his point was is like, whenever there's acknowledgement of a black man being black, basically, you know, like you're, you, you may feel like it's better than, than hitting him with a belt, uh, in a bar because he's black, but, and that may be technically true, but that it's a, it's also a fallacy to say, looks like we're making progress in right. the porn world because, because they're because they're not saying you can't fuck because you're black. That was my fa- that was my fallacious observe. I, I so I, I do I just wanted to like make sure like I think I understand his point of view too, which is like yeah okay like 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 like, like it, until the until the day comes when porn is Martin Luther King style, i.e. everyone's just a person and nobody is being called like check out this spicy Latina. Um, you know we're not we haven't made it anywhere and porn is just porn maybe not the tip of the spear maybe porn is just the jet stream behind our fucking sluggish racist like ways well speaking of making porn uh progress in the porn world let's make progress in the fantasy realm world shall we jesus is it already that time we're 60 minutes in this is so easy i want to play a lot no, no, no. Yeah. I, I'm just saying, like, fucking time burns, dude, when you, there's no audience. You don't have to wait for their dumb asses to approve or disapprove. <laughs> you do hate the audience. Do you know how many fucking you... minds I just stepped on talking about, like, spicy Latinas and porn? But I didn't say anything offensive. Like, now, there's a why... spicy Latina listening who's like, thank you for saying that. And, and, and... Do you think Latinas, like, uh, like, like, l- Latina... Women are spicier than other races. No, stop it. I mean, like, what, what, what's, what's your spice level on, like, let's say, like, Indian? Stop it. My point, my, my exact point is that by the time I was done with my thought, allowed to complete it, I had, I, I, I definitely, like, made it clear that I was, like, on the right side of history. If I was in front of an audience, they, like, they have, the, they're like, ooh, 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 that's my least favorite person is the fucking dude who just like goes that's sometimes you know that a sound? natural laughter. I know I know I know I make that sound sometimes <laughs> yeah, I've done hear it, it too that's the thing and I, when I hear it and I go oh fuck I fucked up right. dude if that if that that guy's that cuz that sounds so fucking dismissive yeah. like, it, it, you fucking idiot that's what that sounds like so and I so if you I know that I know that you're if you're in the audience and you made that sound I'm not saying I hate you I'm just saying, like, I'm fucking, I, I'm just saying, this is good for me. I, 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 the, the, the escaping from a couple of fucking, like, sounds that I have to listen to in my desperate addiction to pleasing people, this could be really therapeutic. What the fuck did that mean? <laughs> do, you guys, uh, do you guys remember the Mick Gang Bang? I was talking about, I was talking about Spencer yeah, about yeah. this uh, last yeah. weekend. 
What? The Mick Gang Bang? There's this website called, like, secretmenu.com, and it basically just invented oh. <laughs> a bunch of bullshit, and it right. gave it all these crazy names. And then certain people like Steve act like it's, like, a legitimate thing. <laughs> and it's just like a fucking idiot in Florida knew you, you were talking about. Right, it's right. not like an established menu item. Right. But, no, you, what, what are you the- talking about? It's a McDouble? There's a McDouble. It was a McChicken inside of a McDouble. Yeah, you just put them into the same sandwich. Yeah. Right, and so at certain at drive-throughs and, th- and things to the internet, you can say, "Can I get a McGang?" It's like, it's like bartending. Like you, you can yeah. say, "Can I get a blowjob shot?" But that doesn't mean that the establishment that you're drinking at approves of the concept of a blowjob, or you know, like mm-hmm. like you go, I, "I'd like a I'd like a I'd like a gangbang at a in a McDonald's drive-through," and the person might say, "What?" Or they might say, "Okay, got it." Yeah, because it's a secret. Menu my item. my favorite menu item at uh, McDonald's is uh, the cancer. <laughs> Because <laughs> you, you you can get that at any McDonald's. <laughs> Hello, I'm Jeff Davis from Harmontown. I'm sitting here with Spencer Crittenden, Dan Harmon, and Steve Levy. Are you guys looking to give a gift to a friend or a family member? BarkBox is a new and exciting way to gift. Each gift subscription includes toys and treats for your dog in a unique theme every month. As made famous in the smash hit Kevin James movie, Paul Blart BarkBox, BarkBox is a service that brings dog boxes to you. No ifs and buts. We cut out the bullshit and send you a box full of dog stuff. The box is worse than the bark. BarkBox has a number of ways you can send a gift and make a lucky pup the happiest pooch on the Emmer effin block. So a great thing about the internet is all these, these, these services now where you can subscribe to stuff and you can, you can eliminate a part of your life that you'd otherwise have to uh, dedicate energy to. And uh, I like that people are coming up with all these little slivers of your life that you can just like, okay... I'm gonna, I'm gonna subscribe to that. This is, this is a cool one. BarkBox. There's nothing wrong with this. This isn't gonna hurt anybody. Uh, just take that time that you would have spent going to the pet store once a month or whatever, like, cause you love your little critter, and, uh, you, you subscribe to this service. You tell them how big your dog is. You choose a plan, one month, six months, twelve months. Uh, you can cancel any time. It's free shipping, and then you get these bark boxes. They're shipped on the fifteenth of each month, and they're full of cool shit for your dog. And they support shelters, rescues, and nonprofits across the U.S. that help dogs find their forever homes. Dogs that don't have homes. These are for just dogs. So it's kind of like by spoiling your one dog. That's like a cool way for you to be able to take care of like the dogs that you don't want to think about. You know, like maybe you got your dog from a breeder, like I did. I confess that people t- yell at me about it on Instagram. I got one dog from a breeder because it was my first dog. I want to make sure I didn't fuck up. I, I didn't know if I was man enough to take care of a, 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 a dog that might have had like a, a past. So I got a Harvey from a, from a breeder. I get it. I created I created a dog problem there. But I love my dog, and I, so I got him a dog, Nigel, who I rescued. So now I got a big, big, fluffy, wonderful teddy bear dog, and I got a little tiny uh, piece of crap uh, uh, mutt, that, that, and, they're, and they're best friends. And uh, I, I love them both. And, uh, yeah, I'd love to think that I could make up for my malfeasance in uh, uh, buying a vat brood dog uh, by uh, buying a box of cool stuff for him that my, my disposable income is going sliding towards less fortunate dogs out there and ways that keep less fortunate dogs from being born, frankly. So BarkBox, for humans, if you're a human listening to this, and I, I would like to think that most of our audience is humans. So, like, dog, dog listeners, you guys take five. Go uh, go chew on some underwear. For humans, BarkBox is a delivery of four to six natural treats and fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. For dogs, <laughs> BarkBox is like the joy 
of a million belly scratches. Now, you can choose a plan. One, six, or 12-month plans are available. Cancel anytime. Free shipping. For a free extra month of BarkBox, visit BarkBox.com slash Harmontown when you subscribe to a six- or 12-month plan. There's also the free extra month of BarkBox that you get if you go to BarkBox.com slash Harmontown. That's for a six- or 12-month plan. You get a free extra month. That means you're really getting a seven- or 13-month plan. Whoa. Just like a dog. That's BarkBox.com slash Harmontown. BarkBox. It's like a bark in a box. BarkBox. You'll float, too. Spencer, do you want to... We're back. We're we're, uh, we're ready to play some D&D, good and proper, here in the booth. No audience. Spencer, you want want to give us a little recap? Because it's been a hundred years since we've played. I really want to be good at this. I think... A lot of those sheets might be obsolete. We might want to clean that that folder. Obsolete sheets. Yeah, I'm I'm prioritizing. Okay. Uh, Well, let's let's you 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 want to you want to make sure that I'm comfortable. I want to make sure you're listening. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) Because you often get distracted during. Yes, of course. Because I can't multitask. You know why? Well, no one can multitask. Wait. Jesus. The phones are ringing. It's the police. <laughs> it's a fire marshal. Oh, what if we got thrown out of here? Is Cody outside? No, no, no. No. Yeah, that would be really funny. They put a handcuff on Church's camera. Hey, Spencer. Do we have a GoPro anywhere? Maybe um, maybe someone from our audience has like a sweet hookup for a new uh, SUV. Oh, yeah. And they can message us on Reddit or something. Yeah, if you're in, the, if you can get me a new car, let me know. Also, if you're, if you're listening to this part and it's in the show, this would be a great time to go subscribe to BarkBox. BarkBox. <laughs> it's a box full of shit for your dog. Not actual shit. That's what your dog makes. You put that in a box and get it out of your house. The box coming in is shit for your dog. Uh, toys, snacks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and sometimes toys. those boxes are themed and are called Poo York City. Yeah, ignore that. And if, the, uh, the, if the, you don't have a dog to get a bark box, I have the perfect subscription for you. It's called, uh, the box box and you can actually rent a dog and I'll, I'll send it to you and your money back if you don't like it and that'll give you something to get a bark box for. It's a sister company. I have a, uh, I'm opening up a, a breakfast restaurant that's also a dog grooming facility, and it's going to be called Barky Bark and the Funky Brunch. <laughs> All right. I, what's that business again? Barky Bark. No, what do they do? It's, you get breakfast. It's like a it's like a breakfast brunch restaurant, but also you can bring your dog and have it oh, groomed okay. while you're eating. Your dog is being groomed. All right. And but, but not eat brunch. The dog. You can give your dog brunch if you want. Uh, it's, it's more about people that can afford brunch, have a dog, need grooming, and want their dog groomed while they enjoy Eggs Benedict. Right. Yeah. Got it. And did you get the name, Steve? Barky Bark and the Scrumptious Brunches. And the Funky Brunch. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm going to go on Shark Tank and fucking fuck all you guys. Well, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm rooting for you. That's I'll, a, that's I'll invest $10,000 in that. Is that how that show works? Yeah. Uh, yes, I love your idea. <laughs> I'll give you a million dollars, but I want to own 10%. I had an, an, another uh, idea where it's going to be like a coffee, like a Starbucks-y kind of thing, where the, the baristas all from the waist up are dressed like pirates. 
but from the waist down, they're wearing like Gap Chino pants, <laughs> and it's called Cap'n Chinos. I don't like that kind of humor, but <laughs> nobody likes my kind of humor. So <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take notes this time. This is gonna be great because I can just type on my lap. Like 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 I love this format. I hate the audience. <laughs> I'm going to become a great D&D player. People are going to be jealous. Sure, be, I want to become the Tony Hawk of D&D. <laughs> so you'd have your own video game, D&D video game, named after you? Dan Harmon's pro D&D. <laughs> yeah. That would be cool. Where do we Where do we get the poison pills from? I think they, you got them from the... Assassins. Yeah, you took it out of their bodies. From the banditos. Yeah. All right. Took them out of their bodies? I don't know. Okay. Cause like, I, I, off their clothing. And then Shrab said, I have a weird hand. Well, he said a lot of things. Yeah, discount them. <laughs> I don't think Shrab is canonical. <laughs> Shrab is not canon. All right. Dan, are you ready to be the best D&D player you've ever been? Yep. Okay, Spencer, help us out. It's been at least three weeks, maybe more, since we've played this. So let's, let's, let's get this out. All right, um... Last time on Harmon, well, not last time, like four times ago, what happened? You guys had just solved the problems that were going on in the town, and you had the prior, and you took him hostage. Well, not hostage. You took him under arrest, and you were going to bring him back to the home church office for punishment, I think. You did that, and you were going there with Patchens. Uh, and then you got beset by banditos. Oh, boy. They really stabbed the shit out of Patchens, and also Diarrhea Jr., who was conked out. Um, and they took all of his clothes. They took Patchen's clothes and boned the fuck out. Um, Patchen started sobbing, and he was like, Jesus Christ, oh, my my life is over. And you're like, what's going on? And he's like, this jewel, it was my whole job was to protect this jewel, and it's gone. Oh, boy. You search the banditos, and it turns out they might not have just been normal bandits or banditos. They might have been some sort of hired task force, assassins, who knows what. They had uh, special arms and armor that seemed normal or better than bandito armor. They had a message with a, a secret message in another language. They had poison pills and a sack of silver pieces. Um, what else? So, yeah, it was all crazy. You guys were trying to figure out what to do. You were thinking about maybe chasing them down. You interrogated the banditos, but you killed them in the process. You don't know what to do. You were thinking about maybe going back to the home office to research the, the secret message and turn in the mission. The prior's still gone, though. You nailed it. Oh, <sighs> perfectly timed. It yeah. almost, not to metagame, but it almost sounds like we made a mistake not having the prior with us. Why, didn't, why don't we have the prior with us? He ran right. off in the melee. I think... <sighs> Yeah, he, yeah. I think what happened he kind of, is he was tied out, and then I think that he started attacked, and he was like, untie me. Right, and, and I, I think did. he did, and he, he just ran, ran. He just decapped. And then Patches started uh, complaining about his jewel, and I, like, th- this is why my character will will fail, because he's too much like me. I I got distracted by Patches' need. I wanted to make sure he was happy. Can I, can I oh, take it's some? All, everyone's doing good. Can I take some of that stealthy leather armor? Or is it too big for me as a gnome? Right now, it's too big. You'd have you could put it on, but it wouldn't work as well. And you could you could also get it fitted. So if you take it with you, you can maybe get it okay. fitted later. All right. Okay, does it, it, sorry, go ahead. Does anybody have any kind of uh, ability to um, to 
to locate, track the, the prior. We made a big mistake. He got away. We should be going back to the headquarters of the Church of the Silver Flame with him in, as a guest. Okay. Well, as you say that, um, you hear the, the, the beating of hoof beats as, as, as hoofs pound the ground. You see a black horse in the night. It approaches and on the black horse there's, there's a dark and shadowy figure. Um, yeah, he's wearing brown plate mail. You don't know what it's made out of, but it seems kind of fancy and pretty heavily worn. Oh, look at that horse! <laughs> oh, and on the back, on the behind the rider, you can see tied up is the prior on the back Whoa. of his horse, kind of over on his stomach. He he doesn't look conscious. Um, you recognize this guy? It's Geffen. He's a veteran church militant inquisitor from the Eldine campaign. Um, the Eldine campaign was a campaign that the church went on. It was like a, a crusade to purge dryads from the forest. So. <laughs> You, you, Dan, actually know Geffen a little bit from that. It's not like you're great buddies, but he's someone you've seen around. You might have fought side to side with him or, you know, something like that. You, he's kind of like an old person. And I am an inquisitor or a um, Templar? You're, you're an inquisitor, yeah. You're, you're so a So this guy's inquisitor. a colleague. He's a, is he like higher ranking than me? Um, you don't actually know his ranking. Um, the, the church, certain parts of the church hierarchy are kind of dubious and it's hard to tell, um, the especially levels. Especially inquisitors. Yeah, especially with inquisitors. <laughs> and you, you're not close enough to know his exact duty. He just kind of shows up and leaves and stuff. So you don't know what he, you don't know what he does and you're not close enough to him to ask. Okay. Or you're so, not close enough to him to have asked. But I know his name. Yeah. Geffen. Geffen. Oh, what ho, strangers? Uh, oh, no strangers are these. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, good old Geffen. I found some vermin scuttling about in the night. Does this look familiar out to you? He tosses the prior down from the horse, and he just lands flat on his stomach. And he was unconscious, and he, he kind of awakes from the Im- sudden impact. He's all tied up. It does indeed. I, you've... Uh... You found a source of our humiliation, Geffen. I, I, we, we, we let this one escape, and we weren't supposed to. Thank you. Haha! <laughs> don't you don't want to tell me that because I'll, I'll let you have him for the right price. Oh come on! You already kicked him off your horse. I uh, know it was an enticing offer, wasn't it? He's right there in front of you. Well, I first of all, he's not exactly the. Uh, we don't know that he's a bad guy. One silver piece. Come on, man. Geffen, uh, we work for the same company. We're not supposed to charge each other for doing the, the company's job. Yeah, it's true. They're not supposed to serve two masters. But yet, you know, coin in the flame. They're pretty pretty tempting, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I, I think the question is what's more tempting to you, the coin or the flame? Right now, the coin. <laughs> So uh, you're not you're not really doing the the, the flames uh, bidding then <laughs> like two so, silver pieces, which is fine. You're, you 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 you've presented yourself as a stranger to the church, you know. So this isn't holy work. So we'll approach it like you're a traveling merchant. Hmm? I mean, whatever you guys want, man. I'm just I'm just fucking with you. You could have them. What? I just <laughs> thought I could get a couple gold. <laughs> you fucking Geffen, you uh, oh. you stranger. Oh yeah. I'm Geffen. Well, it's good to find out this way that you got you and I are a little closer than I thought. You, you, that we're on fucking around level. Yeah, yeah. I, I I show Geffen the secret message to see if he can decipher it. Hmm. I've seen this guild language. 
It's the language the guilds use. Yeah. It's like shorthand. It's it's kind of specialized for business purposes, like uh, accounting and stuff like that, transactional. Okay. But, but it can be used for other things, too. But you, you can't decipher it? No, it's just it's so common because all the scribes use it. It's a very common language. Uh, well, we, we need this prior. We're going to take them back to our church and, uh, you know, kind of get back to basics. You want to come with or you want to you, you could just kind of. Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> yeah, I just come and go. Thanks for resetting our A story. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, we, I, I, here's, here's five silver pieces. Because you're, you're, you seem like a good guy. You're kind of like that guy in Game of Thrones that, uh, the Uncle Bill or whatever that comes out with his little... Uncle Benjamin? <laughs> He's got those fire maces Wait, or I whatever. you didn't watch Game of Thrones. What? I watched it at your house before. I thought... I oh, I love Game of Thrones. I don't Thrones. watch Game of Thrones. I like it the most. It's Who, got magic. Who's Uncle Bill? Uncle He's Benjen. He's talking about Benjen. He's like a half-white walker that like, like, oh, yeah, just yeah. like only popped out every now and then. To like. save everybody's ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, Uncle Bill. <laughs> uh, anyways, I, but look, look, I have one question about this. Yeah. The guild. We keep talking. The guild. Like, we're guilds. acting like there's one guild. Guilds. Like, but but I, I'm sorry. I'm, it's okay. I'm a little. I recognize the language, but can't decipher it too. But we're just to be clear. All guilds have languages. All guilds have their own secret language. No. Why, no. No. It's just a. It's a language that all the guilds use. Like a short, the, shorthand. Like yeah. a like a shorthand secretarial kind of. Thing. The thieves guild uses the same secret language as the anti thieves guild. Well, all the guilds tend to use the language. They use other languages too. But when they're writing, you know, accounting or business-related stuff, they'll use this guild language. So it's sort of a language that specializes in accounting and, and, and diplomacy or right. whatever, or like a hierarchy, yeah. union shit. You don't want to be having dwarven script and then you have dwarven metals and trading them for elven wares that are an elven script. It's easier for everyone to just learn the guild language. I, I think I kind of get it, and I'm excited about this world. <laughs> it's like basic. It's sort of like a, a really lateral way of, of organizing the normally mishmash uh, nature of language. Oh, it's great. There's a language called common. It's like a, it's like common. a it's like a mark it's like markdown language. It's like right. saying like yeah. be you elf assassin thief plumber. If you're in the business of business, let's let's do a CSS uh, kind of coding language that that maximizes the ability to transact. Right. Exactly. Got it. But um, I don't speak it. No, me neither. I step in and say, hey, a little less uh, chibber-jabber <laughs> and l- a little more adventuring. Hey, man, I'm just marveling at this world, man. Cause, I know, but... Because like, yeah. sometimes there's shit. You know, that guy in Theopoopinus, you know, like, th- sh- shot 58 people with an automatic arrow, and, like, we're all bummed out, and I just like that sometimes society does some... some it does function well. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Geffen. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna uh, scamper off over to the. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Is the prior awake? Yeah. And we're, should we ask Geffen which way to go to the to the main t- town? Yeah, I'm kind of like half. You like, guys know where it is. Well, the play. Yeah, okay. The player is saying I don't know where it is, but the character knows where it is, right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're right. uh, we. Uh, I, I take some rope out and re rebind and the hands and uh, of, of our prior. But just an aside, like, well, we're. I mean, I'm just saying, like, we, like as far as I understand it, like, we don't. We haven't categorized the prior in our heads as like a bad guy. No, like, he's not. Like, he's just a coward. He may be an unwilling uh, companion on this on our journey, <laughs> but I, he's not like. 
he's not it's it's like we have arrested him but he's not guilty of anything until a judge says so you know? right yeah that's how i'm looking yeah at i mean i think he let, let's let the church start and that we out. only had to arrest him because he was threatening the safety of a kid you know because yeah. he was like and it may be because he's one of the good guys yeah, he but but, but he, there there was weird blood monster boogan magic going on in his basement at his church that that that's under his purview. Like, no, but as the guy that's it's like if you run into a a a guy, a guy you know after a, a attack, he's the guy that's probably not involved. Well, we're gonna find out. The church will have something to say about this. Sure, but let's not. Let's, I just don't want to treat him like shit. No, no. I mean, let's 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 let let's let. The church sorted out. Right. We're not going to poison that well. But the last time but we did have the poison he, pill, he ran off. I know. So you could poison the world. He's a hostile witness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he has given us reason to, to mistrust his. He's a flight risk. To That's the church of the silver flame. To the church, church of the silver flame. flame. This is the song we sang. Every time we travel, the rope unraveled, the knaves and the serpent tamed. Yeah, put flag and no veil on the foot. Right foot. Oh. <laughs> I was trying to do an under, <laughs> like a you know a second line. Counterpoints. Yeah. When a flag and a veil and a saddle bag gets rusty as a buckle, I Tim Tom Ho and I flip flap flow and I fuck your mama's fuckle. Swords sheath, iron bright, the anvil's hammer as the anvil's might, a medieval life for me by night. Thank, Thank God, God I'm a country boy. <laughs> 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 well, I got me a hammer and I got me a, st- <laughs> a sizzle. I got me a waffle and I got me a whiffle. Ain't got a life in Lesson John Denver. <laughs> Thank God I'm a silver flame. All right. Later. Okay. Um, in the, in the evening passes or you, it takes two days to travel and the second evening, um, mm. the only notable thing that happens is, uh, on your, on your path in the nighttime, you're, you're, you, you feel the quiet broken just as if something strange has happened and you look out and you can see over the night sky, over the trees and canopies of the outlying area, you can see a large muscular brown demon, like a classic demon, like a muscular humanoid with bat wings, you know, like a, just a classic demon, but he's got classic demon. Yeah. He's got giant, giant orb, like globe, like glowing eyes. And he's, he's carrying a, a, a lantern. He's like carrying a hanging lantern. And, um, He's just hanging out on the roadside. Hey, camping. demon! What's up? Stop no, it. no, no. Oh, it's uh, you, you see, you see him like it's very far away, and he's flying over like you might see a dragon flying right. in the distance or something, or, or, or like in modern uh, times, like a like a like a black helicopter. Mm-hmm. It's like right, a, it's like a little yeah. weird, but yeah. And uh, you and uh, what did I roll one? Um, and uh, diarrhea. You notice it, like you feel like your heart stop, like in your chest, and like it actually feels like for a sec you're having a heart attack. As as you see the demon makes eye contact with you, it like, <gasps> and then it just keeps flying on, and oh. n- nothing else really happens. It doesn't seem oh. to really. I think my I think my heart just stopped. How far away is he from us? Uh, more than a mile, but it's just he's a big guy, so you can kind of see him. He's also, he's carrying a lantern. A lantern. Yeah. So is he? What, 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 is, what is he flying over? Uh, trees. Trees. He's yeah. just doing his thing over the treetops. Yeah, carrying a lantern. Mm-hmm. Do, do we notice that he look, detected 
diarrhea. You saw him, like, look, but you didn't see that he looked. He, I guess all of you kind of think he looked at you, but only Steve felt Well, then that. he said, I feel like I'm having a heart attack. So we turn our attention to him and say, what was going on there? I, I, he, that, his eyes were piercing, looking straight at me, and, and then my heart just stopped, I think. I, it, it was a re- weird bodily reaction to that creature looking at me. Hmm. From my understanding of Arcana... I believe that demon is a searcher. <laughs> I may be making this up. <laughs> he's got a lantern and he's 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 looking for stuff. It's interesting that he sensed uh, diarrhea, but that wasn't his objective. You're right. That's a demon that's got a job, and his job involves looking. I say we go investigate this shit. Oh, oh, uh, uh, that's a big demon. Um, and he's already um, looking for something that's there's... not us. There's three of us and a weird prior. Like, I think we can handle this shit. We're on our way. Do we to- know he's an unfriendly demon? Um, <laughs> demons are unfriendly. <laughs> if it, the friendliest uh, demon is not someone you'd trust. Is this demon on the way to where we're going? Like, or is it, we'll be going out of our way on our journey to the church to yeah. go. Yeah. It is, but also it's like, it's flying and you guys aren't flying and it's miles away and it's flying fast. So like, it would be, you kind of have to triangulate and then, you know, it would be. Is it flying away from our destination? Well, yeah, it's kind of going the other way. Like, it's going south. So we'd have to intercept his path somewhere fight, far off our path. Um, yeah. Let's just clock it like Ho-Oh in the pilot of Pokemon. Like it happened and we should continue on our journey. It's foreshadowing. We, the, the, we, I, I just want to, uh, I, take the opportunity because we're focused on travel because I just, for my own edification, I know the character knows this stuff, but as the player, I just like, we were in, in this realm, like, uh, we're in a continent called what? We're in a realm called just a Corvair. You're in the Corvair, you're in the country of Thrain, and we were in Thrain, and now uh, so Corvair is the continent. Thrain is like the uh, one of the kingdoms. Yeah, and and we were, and now we're, and where is is the is where we're headed back? It's to. still in Thrain. Thrain. Okay. Most most you're gonna stay in Thrain most of the campaign probably. Sure. Okay, but where is it? Is it? And so it's a city that our headquarters are in. Yeah, it's in the it's in the the county of place. Placeholder, placeholder, right? Okay, and uh, it's at Pure Burn Abbey, Pure Burn, like pure burning propane or something. Pure Burn yeah, Abbey, Pure Burn it's Abbey. Like, that's like the headquarters, at least not maybe globally, but right. that's but in, within Thrain. Right. The well, yeah, the global headquarters is called Flame Keep, but you guys are kind of you know irregular, so your headquarters is in the Flame Keep. You're kind of in a satellite office. Right. Got it. Oh, what? I, I like using my like. Either local knowledge or nature knowledge or whatever. Uh, can, can, can we learn anything else about that that demon flying? Uh, local or what knowledge? Nature? Not with those knowledges. No, no. I, I don't have anything with our. It would be our canon. It would have to be religion or planes. Yeah, I don't have any of that shit. I say to Patchens, is he awake? How's he doing? Yeah. <laughs> hey guys, was I was my voice high? Hey guys, <laughs> Patchens, we just saw a demon seeking something that. Uh, Knew we were here, but didn't even want to bother with us. Is it possibly searching for this jewel of yours? No, that, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think so. Well, it's you, fucking crazy if the demons here. Demons are like from a different dimension. I don't yeah. know that Patchen's voice was so high. From no, this is more of a standard gnome voice. <laughs> I gotta tell you, my keyhole hurt. My keyhole is hurting. You know, I gotta tell you guys, 
as, as a member of the uh, the church militant to the Silver Flame, we're, we're, we're going to go back to the church to talk bureaucracy when we are, could eliminate a demon from the world? I mean, isn't our job to go out there and, and, and destroy evil? We're at a real crossroads. I've gotten in enough trouble for, uh, you know, infractions of their stupid rules. Like, I'd like to finish out the job that we were assigned to do. Well, you know, like, he's got a lantern, and i got to tell you, lanterns piss me off because there's fire inside there, but they're like, in a, it's like keeping fire in a in cage. Like, yeah, it's a fire prison, and I'm a fire liker. I, I, I want to go let that fire out and burn this demon up. I want to get back to placeholder. Okay. You guys should fight. Should we have a vote? <laughs> oh. We, should, wait, we, we have a quarrel. Wait, 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 we should fight amongst ourselves? Or <laughs> yeah, we... I mean, not, that wasn't a real pitch, but yeah, that's what I said. Um, I fight. What? <laughs> All right. What are you guys doing? I want to go, I want to go beat up this demon. I, I, okay, I don't. I mean, so. We're just going to get lost we in the woods. How are we going to track that thing down? Does I just don't think that's to, our like, job. This world is filled with demons. Okay. The, I, I have no doubt that uh, that demon is is uh, uh, you know uh, is related to to a larger thing. Okay, <laughs> I'm I'm metagaming. I, I, I just I like, I, 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 I yell to the demon. Hey, demon, uh, you're safe tonight. Uh, not not you're in no danger from the Church of the Silver Flame. I mean, really, we're, if- we're a church full of weenies. If we chase it down, I still think he would be in no danger. Well, you guys, there's a million demons. We can go. We can go uh, hunt them down one by one and end up getting killed because they're demons. Or we can do the job that we're supposed to be doing. Don't you? Don't you want to go back home for just one night where we could shower and just like bathe and we could just like I'm, I'm, I'm be a ch- in, in a bed and it'd be so comfy. And I'm, then maybe we can get like pancakes or something. I'm a child of nature. I'm a gnome. I, the, 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 the woods and the wilderness is my it's my shit. I know, and I, I, I as a youth lived that life, wandering from adventure to adventure, getting into any trouble that presented itself, and there was no completion there. The church rescued me, gave me structure. The church isn't perfect, but it gives you a role in the universe which is to fight evil, and if we depart from the church's path and just go uh, jumping into trouble, then I may as well shed my uh, silver flame pendant and 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 just become a regular ass cleric wandering the fucking world hunting treasure. I, I'm just not that guy. Not yet, you're not. I don't know what the fuck that means, but well, how, how far away are we, Spencer, from the church? Um, like days. You're pretty, no, you, this is like you'll be there by morning, or you can see it from where you are. Okay, let's go to the church. Let's play it safe. I appreciate your, uh, you know, I mean, Silver Flame first. It's like, I got a lot of complaints about how the church is run, too. This prior represents that, maybe. Yeah, let's turn the prior in. Let's let's see what All they right. have to say. Look, we, we press on to the church. Then. All right. Um, you get there. You can see Pureburn Abbey as well as Pureburn Keep. You see, Pureburn Keep is the barracks, and it's the base of the church militant that's stationed in placeholder. Pureburn Keep works with Pureburn Abbey to keep the peace, but like the more churchy people go to the Abbey and the more military people go to the Keep. Um, it keeps, they work together to keep the peace in placeholder and keep all of Corvair safe from evil. Um, you arrive at Pureburn Keep. It's your home office. It's like a, a classic, you know, coming back to the, coming back to the office sort of situation. You go through the front door and into kind of the medieval office pool where all the inquisitors and militants hang out and they have desks, you know, there's, 
there's people like that. It's it's not your home, really, because you're used to just getting shit done. This is more of like a paper pusher place than for soldiers and warriors and clerics, you know? We have lockers or something. Or yeah, like- you're, you're kind of going through the office pool where all the tables are and people are like calling you out. It's like, oh, hey, it's Spooky Carlos! <laughs> spooky, what up, spooky, spooky, Car- spooky Carlos. Oh, wait, Spooky Carlos is back. Yeah, keep keep uh, 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 shaming uh, spirituality when you work for a church. Check out. <laughs> Why do they call you Spooky Carlos? Because I believe in weird shit, and so should you. We work for a church. Yeah. Oh. You 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 notice uh, an old friend of yours, Absalon. He he kind of walks up to you, and he's all like, "Oh man, what's going on? Good to have you back. You gotta you gotta fill out the paperwork." Epsilon, uh, remember when we talked about you possibly finding somebody to do that for us? Since we were not like great paperwork people. Well, I had I had some headway. I don't think it's ready yet, but I had some headway. So which forums? Just you guys. This is your job. You know what the forums are. All right, all right. Here, I just think here, you guys take mi- this. I, I think you misinterpret the word cleric sometimes. <laughs> he gives you a fuzzy orange ball. On the top of a pencil? No, it's like it's like a koosh ball kind of, but maybe okay. twice the size. Well, it's I, like here, here you go. I home home <laughs> into it. <laughs> is, that, is that a koosh thing? No, it's a, just to, to give it a shot at. Oh, <laughs> improvising how this works. Oh no! Uh, well, <laughs> my mission went well. Oh no! <laughs> um, he's like, no, this summons an orangutan. Oh. Oh, that's, that's cool. I'm working on it to get it to summon a bureaucrat, but it's not. It's not. Oh, oh, yet. oh! This is you. You've been working on helping us not have to do as much paperwork, right? Do you have anything for me? You can have that. I mean, you can share it. It's an oregatang. Oh, well, thank you. That's very nice of you. Where's Is it one yeah, use man. and then he disintegrates? Or? Yeah. <laughs> so we got. I'm working on that. Too. We, we got a one-time orangutan. That's nice. Right. Can All you right. get us some new horses? Um, this, guy, hmm. this guy's crazy for a person. I, I'm, I'll think of, I, I might be able to do that. Let me think about that. Yeah, find a thing that can Thanks, su- su- summon this guy some nice horses, because he, he really... We lost our horses. Someone murdered them. Oh, I know. I mean... You I, know? That's, no, I didn't know that. Sorry, that's that's my bad. That's not That's not a clue. Uh, yeah. No, uh, I didn't know that. Hey, where's the boss? We gotta, uh, we gotta take in, uh, like, a prisoner we have here. As if on cue, you hear the shower ring out. Johnson! Your last name is Johnson. <laughs> is that Carlos Johnson? <laughs> uh, it my Carlos? I think oh, yeah. it's Carlos, Carlos Johnson. Johnson, the unimaginable. I think. Johnson, what's the status of your mission? You're to report to the debriefing room immediately. Uh, well, we're, uh, do you want me to answer the first part or just follow the second part? I don't know. Maybe it was meant to be given out in two parts. This line. Uh, we'll see you in the debriefing room. Awesome. That's Brother Schrader. Brother Schrader. These names aren't super important, but you know, I don't know. It'll be. They, they'll hey, probably I'm keeping every note. I like it. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, he he disappears after doing that. Okay. Like like magically? No. No. Oh. <laughs> like his head was popped out of a door and okay. it pops back through. All right. The door. So we go. To, we go to the briefing briefing room. All right. You enter the dark. <clears throat> you enter a darkened room lit by narrow slit windows in the thick stone walls of the keep. Schrader takes a seat apart from you, and seated nearby, Schrader is a bishop, oh. recognizable recognizable by his uniform, but unrecognizable in his face or body, or based on any of your memories. Okay, um, bishops are. Uh... 
bishops are pretty big deals within yeah. the church ministry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Patchens also comes in with you, and also yeah. leaning up against the wall is Geffen. He's there. Oh. It's a shady, shady room. Hmm. Hey, Geffen, you got snacks? Oh, uh, no. No, what? No. All right. I'm just wondering. Okay. Um... I I I approach the bishop and uh is it customary to like bow or anything like a higher ranking? Mm. Do we have like a thing? Ah, whatever. Nah, nah. That's like uh not in this kind of thing. What's our saying? The flame will the keep the, the flame burns tall. Always keep that flame burning. <laughs> Always keep that flame burning. Chaos is a ladder. Uh, That's. <laughs> I, I go I've, I've said this before, but it's great. Chaos is a ladder is a great response to condolences. Like, I'm so sorry. Chaos is a ladder. <laughs> I, it's fine. I go up to the bishop I, and I, I nod and I say, I, I, as in deference, and I say, mm-hmm. uh, 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 the, the, uh, may the flame purify. And may we be found worthy. I, I walk up and say, uh, blessed be the fruit. <laughs> Or it will ferment. Uh, is that how you say it? I don't know. Are there seats in here? Yeah, there's seats. All right, so I, I assume we're supposed to take a seat. So yeah. I take a seat. I, I turn the seat around and sit like the the backward seat, like the cocky way. And we have the prior with us, and right. uh, I, uh, I I I now uh, I I take a uh, I, I I untether him. Okay. I say this is prior. Do I know his name? Abernathy. This is Prior Abernathy from from Rhone. From, from Rhone, sir. Um, he, uh, we believe he'll have uh, more information than than we can give you. Uh, we arrived at the at the site of a quite a kerfuffle. There, there was there was bad things happening to. to- Livestock. They were doing blood magic rituals and uh, making crazy blood boogans, and uh, the whole thing blew up. Yeah, we heard you blew up the church. We didn't blow up the church. The bad guys blew up the church, and we were lucky to escape with our lives. Mm. I think we blew it up. Did, no, didn't we? No, it was the 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 creature lady. I assume that was an aside, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. no, just I to be clear, it's oh, fine. Well, it's can fine. you remind me at uh, table talk? Like, what did you can, we do? Did we all blow the t- it up? Uh, no, but in theory, you could have prevented it from being blown up. Right. Well, we climbed up the ladder because it was about to blow up. Like, yeah. Like something got set off, and we were like, "Okay, yeah." The pea barrels. Uh, it's true. The uh, the priory was lost. Um, uh, uh, there was uh, blood magic, as my colleague is telling you, taking place. Uh, Abernathy here claims to be ignorant of all of it. Um, I don't disbelieve him, but I didn't want to interrogate him without turning him into the uh, the church. That's that's our full report. Abernathy should hopefully uh, have less trouble telling you uh, the full story. We should probably also talk to Petty Cash about replacing a couple doors for the, uh, the Fell family. We <laughs> we we, we kind of lit a few things on fire. All right. I want to put in a good word for Abernathy before anything begins, and that I think that he was the prior for my observation of an abbey that had gone awry, had been infiltrated by an evil force. I believe he was dealing with it. I believe it pushed him over an edge, so he was in danger of harming others that we personally had exercised already. We brought him here against his will because his will was to run. Um, But I believe that's because he's aligned with the church, 
I that, that I just wanted to put in a good word for him. Sounds good. I appreciate your candor and your honesty and your uh what's what's just being a good detective? Like what's that? Gum gumshuery. Yeah, and your gumshuery. <laughs> so just rate this one up for the logs. You can collect your pay from Zelly in the commissary. Sweet. We'll take Patchens and Abs uh, and Abernathy and talk to him for a bit. Yeah, also Patchens uh you should tell uh Patches is looking at you like he doesn't want you to say anything. We're not on salary? We get paid per job? You are on salary and you get paid per job. Oh sweet. Patchen doesn't want me to talk about sidebar Patchen doesn't want me to talk about the fact that he lost an important Yeah, he's looking treasure. at you like he'll die if it, that comes out. I say, yeah, uh, Patchen Not like he'll die, like he'll be fired from life. I finish my sentence, I go, Patchens, I see the luck and I go, Patchens, uh this guy, he's the shit. And then, then we walk off. Yes, sir. I, sorry, Bishop. I, I should have also commended this young man, Patchens. He was a huge aid to us. He didn't know who to trust, but he trusted us. Uh, he helped us a great deal. Um, and he's been under a lot of duress and, and we were, um, we were assailed by bandits, uh, along the way back and he was hurt very badly. I, I hope that the church will take care of him, make him comfortable. And I'd also, uh, like to know when he'll be released from debriefing so that I can buy him a beer, and uh, give him my personal thanks. It shouldn't take more than an hour. All right. Um, well, Patchens, uh, 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 thank you very much, and uh, we'll see you soon. We should arrange to meet somewhere. Yeah. Like where? Uh, At well, the local tavern. Awesome. Is that, there's a name of a place that we... What's our drawing room in uh, in, the, in this in placeholder? Um Oh wait, the skull and bone. There you go. It's the play. It looks like a pirate flag, but w- it, there's only one uh, <laughs> bone under it. <laughs> only one bone. It looks like an underlined skull. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. All, All right. right. Let's go get paid at the commissary. Let's go. Let's collect that uh, let's get that, the, money. That, that sweet placeholder money. All right. Um. So this this is the point where. <laughs> Three weeks ago, when I came up with this content, I had an audio-video portion. Whoa! <laughs> so, I don't. We can. I don't really. I, we could cut the audio. I can give the audio to actually be cut in. I could put the file online so that the audience can see it, but it's not going to be perfectly viewable for us. You know. Does that make sense? Should we do it as, as a cliffhanger and do it when we're back on stage live, or should, should we go out and fight that demon? <laughs> I don't. I think we should at least. I don't know. Oh, I guess we should probably stop soon, huh? But yeah, uh, we should at least. <laughs> I want to play because <laughs> it's been three weeks. <laughs> and I haven't been doing. Um, I don't know. We can. Pret- poor Spencer trying to follow my dream of having an AV uh, oh, podcast. Can we, can we, he finally so gets ironic. on board. And- <laughs> I know. Can, church, can you just wear a, a, a fire marshal outfit and come in here and shut the whole thing down? And then we'll- all right. Well, well what do you think is the? What do you think we should do? Should we like you play it for us? In I should, here? I, I'll play it into the mic and then I'll play it afterwards, and we could watch it. But okay. then I'll put it online if so anyone can actually. Yeah, yeah. if you're listening. Uh, yeah, it's audio. All right. Yay. Oh, Oops. God. Uh-oh. Uh, this would be a great time to subscribe to BarkBox. BarkBox. And MeUndies. It's like a box full of dog stuff. 
sent to your home on a subscription basis. It's not like that. If that's what it is. It's exactly that. And me undies. Put oh. your dick in the diamond. <laughs> Did someone say me undies? Brought to you by. Hey, look down here. I'm your dick. <laughs> you sure have been putting me in some rough cotton lately. Oh, boy, I sure would love to be more comfortable when you're walking around the streets in a hot summer day. Wait a second. There's a new underwear in town, and it's called MeUndies. Oh, jeez. I'm inside these... I'm inside... Uh, it's it's like a paradise for your dick. MeUndies. It's your dick. We just make the underwear. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Do you suffer from... Do your naval character. Do you suffer from... <laughs> Constricted dick ideas. <laughs> Alright. Um Yeah. I'll dick play diamond. Alright. Alright. Dick Diamond. <laughs> Professional genital detective. Dick Diamond. <laughs> Check it and see. <laughs> Hello, I'm Detective Dick Diamond. <laughs> I've solved the case of chafed balls. A lot of a lot of podcasts have best friend sponsors that they just have a a, a, a friendship with. Like they they make a product that the podcast loves. The podcast loves them. They love the podcast. For us, it's me undies. We love we love me undies. They send me a, a shipment of undies every. Uh, I think is it monthly. Yeah. You'd think I'd know more about Monthly. their product. But the thing is, I'm getting them for free, so I don't know. I, I, I now have a drawer full of the, the softest underwear imaginable. I have the normal amount of underwear that I would have if my MeUndies weren't delicious to my dog. Because I wear them longer, so I make them more flavorful, if you know what I mean. Church is here. Church, can you give a description of me walking around in my MeUndies in the morning or at night? Obscene. <laughs> well, why obscene, Church? Do you know the Pringles Dick song? Some people call me Diamond Dick, because I never really... Could, I, I want to see if we can get the Pringles people to make me some MeUndies with Pringles on them, and then I really will. Then I'll know why people call me Pringles Dick. <laughs> uh, we guarantee, I have no problem making you this promise, that MeUndies will be the most comfortable pair of underwear you will own. They are made from, you probably heard of it, a sustainably sourced, naturally soft fabric, three times softer than cotton, called either Micromodal or Micromodal. <laughs> We will never know. I think that's the fun of it. You get to choose. Um, but it's sustainably sourced. It's eco-friendly and it, and it feels like fabric should only feel if it, if it is made out of something awful. Look, we do a lot of ads for a lot of companies that I, I got, I'll tell you, I, I'll be honest. I don't, I don't believe a fucking word they say. But the MeUndies people are laying it on the line. They give you, they give you, they, they give your genitals the, the care and satisfaction they deserve. Maybe, maybe, maybe your dick and balls or your pussy don't deserve comfort. Maybe, maybe they've committed crimes. Maybe they're bad pussies and dicks. Maybe they're eco crimes though, and so maybe MeUndies could, could turn you. Maybe you're out, out clubbing baby seals because you believe that's the softest fabric you could find, right. is a baby seal pelt. Once you wear these undies, 
put them on. Don't go out to work. We'd rather you not club a baby seal. But just put them on on a Sunday. Walk around as a baby seal clubber. Feel the alternative to baby seal pelts um, swathing your nethers. And tell me that if by Tuesday you're not you're not a subscriber and a better person mm-hmm. that loves your planet. Right now, uh, for the next two months, Meandies will send you a baby seal with your first shipment. <laughs> and if you send the baby seal back unclubbed, your first uh, Meandies are free. We're going to look back if we survive this era. History books are going to call the time leading up to this podcast the pre pre meundies uh, period. It's it's going to be when people went to stores and bought their underwear made of cotton off of the same racks that hold M and M's and hammers um, at uh, at WalMarts and Sears and and took them home and wondered why they were in a bad mood, why they were racist, why they hated women, uh, why they polluted and strangled the earth like an ungrateful uh, 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 patricidal child. Um, and, and then we're going to have this dawn awakening. I don't know of any serial killers that wear MeUndies. I don't know of any politicians that are wearing them. I bet if you were able to find that out, you'd see them voting the right way in various bills and things. To get 20% off free shipping and their 100% satisfaction guarantee and get the best and softest undies you will ever own, go to MeUndies.com slash Harmontown. That's MeUndies.com slash Harmontown. It's a limited time offer, so what are you waiting for, bad underwear people? Meundies has a diamond-shaped pouch in the front for the for the for the fellas to to cradle your jewels to like let them let them let them let them do what they want to do, which is just like f- be a little protrusion, you know. Like mm-hmm. and again, that's not implying anything. You're thinking like, oh, I'm not a porn star. I don't need a an elephant trunk sock like like in the front. Like I'm not gonna flatter myself this way. I feel bad. I'm from Wisconsin. Well, me too, motherfucker. I got a little third nipple for a dick. It still needs a little space, just psychologically. Like, like, like the, the idea of binding it up like your yentl. But, but, you know, don't, like, don't you have giant balls to worry about? You, you have enormous. I do have, hu- I do have huge balls. I, I but, <laughs> but Ryan Ridley once posited that the reason I think I have huge balls is because with my penis being so small, it's like putting a bus next to the Epcot Center. <laughs> two well, buses, two, two really Epcot big. centers. <laughs> Anyways, whatever you've got down there, uh, if, even if you're non-binary and it's like some amorphous uh, a, 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 a testimony to your individuality and, and empowerment, uh, uh, it could probably use its own space. Me undies makes a big dick look big and a small dick feel welcome. Yeah, well, just, I'm going to edit. Just send me the raw file. I will edit this whole podcast. <laughs> Yeah, just edit out some of the, the clumsiness. The, 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 yeah, yeah. The, no, the, the four of us can watch it now. Right, live right, room, right. And then everybody else can watch it later. Show right. It's just laptop. all this, all this me talking around it. That's what I want to right. cut out. Yeah. All right. Okay. Here we go. No, hold on. I'm so sorry. This is going to be incredible. Is there a way I realize how crippling it is to hate myself this much. Don't get me wrong. It's no, not yeah, like a it's bit. Just, look, it's you learned it from from from, from watching Deb. Yeah. Like, right. you know, I've never been prouder. All right. It's like uh, it's supposed to be a mission, like a mission complete. Yeah. See? Oh, See wow. This? Mission complete. Ah. <laughs> 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 
This is amazing. <laughs> we got a final right. grade of a D plus. Yeah, see, it's, for it, those listening, it's I like love a, this. It's basically he made like the video game ver- equivalent of like when a dungeon master like tells you your campaign, your or not your campaign, you your mission is <laughs> is over, and like he's, here's like, your like, here's your experience points, and they put we got graded. We saved four people. <laughs> We got a D plus overall. The yeah. A we got was for time. Right, because it happened I guess, really fast. I guess that assumes we rushed. <laughs> you really did. <laughs> I mean, that was a good thing. But So, we, <laughs> we probably should have been a little more diligent. Maybe. <laughs> that's good to know. Well, I, uh, that's the thing is that, like, you know, you play these video games and then you're like, I think yeah. I did okay. And then you get the score and it's like, wait, what the fuck? And they're fuck? like, wait, here's, here's what we're measuring. Right. right. How, how many gold pieces did we get? No, that was collateral. You caused 500 gold pieces in collateral <laughs> oh, sure, damage. Sure, that's, <laughs> that's part of why The mayor's going to have our ass. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. All right. So, uh, that, was the, that uh, makes me want to keep playing more, so I yeah. want to see more of well, those. Well, that's, I mean, I think that was Spencer's right. successful goal, was that he's like, why don't we make this, fill you, give you the dopamine spike oh, of, a, of a mission that's finished, well or not, okay. and then you're like, God, okay, so now you get a kind of a fresh start on the next one. That would have been a smash hit with an audience. I know! It was a great idea. I have good ideas. It's, <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's, almost, it. it's almost like we should have uh, had permits for our new venue. Yeah. No, it's cool. I, mean, I should If I didn't bitch out that one time when we were going to play d d it would have happened probably, huh? Now, do, are we going to get a new a new adventure now? Are we, we going to talk about yeah, a, a new mission? You're embarking what? on a new mission. That's why it's so exciting. Now we know the characters, and now we're like in placeholder, and then we're like, I'm going to the tavern, and I'm going to have a drink. And then okay. We have so many storylines to investigate. Yeah, look, look, so we can all turn to each other and say, okay, D+. Not our best work. Right. Yeah. Uh, lots of mistakes were made. Yeah. But we kind of know who we are now. Yeah. We kind of know how to use our spells a little bit. We uh, we worked as a team. We failed kind of as a team. Yeah. But a D-plus is better than an F. Well, I want to get better. And I can now because I can take notes. I want to I want to learn to use note-taking software the best way possible so that like when we meet a character, I can like hashtag it. Yeah. So that it's like, I'll have a list of all the characters and, you know, like, I'm gonna fucking nail this. Okay. So, now. That was dismissive. Who, who, who's our, who's our main man? Who's our, who's Charlie to our angels that's uh, gonna give us our new thing? How about Brother Absalom? Brother Absalom. Yeah. Brother Absalom. Oh, are we still going? We, sorry. Well, anyways, no. But I, 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 said I we, do want to. I, I do want to partake of the irony here, though. That you know, like I've been this Howard Hughes obsession person about the new venue and how we're going to show video and audio and stuff. And Spencer's <laughs> what? Spencer's finally. There's like a fucking really funny irony there that Spencer secretly was like, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna blow their socks off. Yeah, I'm gonna do what Dan's keeps babbling about and like do the audio visual thing at the end of a Dungeons and Dragons. I'm gonna back them up and do this. And then it's like the fire marshal comes in and I spent 90 minutes talking about how thrilled I was that we're not doing <laughs> It's fine. And the DT speaks like, well, uh, this would have been better if we. Uh, <laughs> I think that's really beautiful. I know. It's like it's a, sitcom. It's hard like to. Parks and Rec uh, level irony that I love. But yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we're, we're teed up for next time for a new mission, right? I feel like it's pretty safe to say that next time, next Harmon Town episode is going to be in this format. We're not going to just like leap into some willy nilly. Live venue. I'd, I'd rather refine this experience while we wait for the castle to become legal. Yeah. Then run around town trying to figure out where in LA we can I, technically yeah, do I, our I, shop. I say we, we 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 learn briefly to get good at this, and then use live venues when it's when it's 
time to do that. And we mm-hmm. now now we've we've added another knife to our Swiss Army knife of, yeah. of like our utility belt. Yeah. Like uh, we can we we we've expanded. We grew a little bit. Mm-hmm. You, you you die a little bit and you grow a little. Yeah. Bit. Welcome to the strangest era of Harmontown yet. Harmontown Knights. You'll yeah. float too. <laughs> So uh we we have we have a we have a not not just a cliffhanger we have like like we 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 know that we have a new adventure and a new episode coming up of our D&D but we have so many things to investigate that we already know about it's it's daunting it is All right you guys we did it it was a fun experience i hope i hope the listeners enjoyed it i want to thank steve levy spencer crittenden thank you i'm jeffrey comptroller Let's thank Church, Noah, Emma out there, everybody making it happen in the booth. Chris Bowruff, Zach, the audio maniac. When you podcast from your heart, your heart needs to podcast fire. When you podcast from your soul, your soul needs to graduate higher. When the devil looks down from the godly throne that he took over from his godly bones, and he says, who can podcast the best, then you will undergo the podcast test. It's the devil, God, angels, heaven, metal, earwax. Hacky at your wax? That was Yankovicky. Good night, everybody. Thank you for coming. I mean, you didn't have to come, so fuck off. Stay home and take chances. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take no chances. <laughs> Don't drive anywhere and take no chances. <laughs> all right, we love you all. When the devil comes to call. Podcast time. (laughs) You're in the podcast zone. And Jesus Christ grows angel wings and his Christmas trees start to sing with an eagle angel beak and a unicorn horn. It's podcast time. With the devil. Podcast time. And God in heaven. Let the pod cast you. You cast the pod. You are the god of the pod. Pentecostal devil. Podcast time. It's podcast time. Mormons. It's podcast time. Episcopalians. It's podcast time. Muslims. Nope. (laughs) <laughs> oh, oh, dark, dark turn right at the end. Wow, too soon. <laughs> you get some letters uh, about that in our. Oh, oh, all right, it's still podcast yeah. time. It's just, <laughs> Come on, it's, take it easy. Yeah, from certain countries, we're so, we want to find out what's happening. We want to make sure we know what's going on with certain podcast countries. If your country profits the Trump administration and you're Muslim, that's fine. We're not banning Hello, beautiful. I'm Amy Errett, founder of Madison Reed, a hair color company I named after my daughter. One of the things I value most in life is time. Time to spend with my daughter, time to spend with family, and the time I put into my company that's reinventing the way women color their hair. The busiest, most successful women I know use Madison Reed, the amazing hair color hack. 
In under an hour and for less than $25, Madison Reed delivers gorgeous, shiny, multi-dimensional, healthy-looking hair with an ammonia-free formula. You'll look like you just came from a salon, but the reality is you have more me time to do what you love. Things get busy. Let us take care of you and your hair. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com and get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. Use code NEW. That's code NEW. Try it. Love it. That's the beauty of Madison Reed. 